We rolling? I guess so. Oh, we're here at All Star Weekend in person in Indiana. What, when did you think would be your first time coming to Indiana? Did you ever see it happening? No, I didn't. I, <laughs> I, I, I listen. This place is it's different uh, for sure. I didn't. I had no idea what to expect of Indiana. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be snowing. I'll tell you that. Coming yeah. from Los Angeles, I haven't experienced sub fifty five degree weather in like a year. So yeah. I, I'm not built for what's outside right now. No, you saw snow outside and you're like, oh my God, what's going on? End of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man. But yeah, like I said, we're here at Radio Radio in Indiana filming our show at All-Star Weekend. I know before this, Trey Young's podcast was filming. I don't know if any of you guys were here for that one, got to see both shows. This is going to be very different. This is going to be <laughs> less serious, much more nonsense, much less professionalism. But it'll be fun. It'll be great. It's everything that we thrive in. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's just quintessential us. Thanks. Let's do it. Yeah, man. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm here to talk about serious basketball. <laughs> yeah, so the main topic of today's show is the winners and losers of the NBA season. So we're going to go through, spread some positivity for some people who deserve a little bit of, you know, a spotlight on their season who have been great, but also some negativity on those who have been, you know, in the news for the wrong reasons this year. But before we get to that, we're going to start off by doing something that used to be a staple of the show in the early days, but we haven't done in a while. Yeah. We're going to react to some hot takes. Let's go. Let's go. We do, we do this on the stream now as well. Some of them have been great. Some of them have been awful. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what the people got. A mixture of quality of takes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. Real simple. I'm going to show you some NBA hot takes. You let me know if they're a W or an L. All right. First off, we got Thompson Pierce saying, Luka is very easily the most viable player in the league this year. Uh, that's a good he, take, he, I would say. If he didn't put easily, I would say it's a good take. But, but it's like, supposed to be hot, so I think it's a good hot take. Okay, okay, you're right, you're right. Yeah, all right, W then, W I then. could see a world in which this is true. Like, if Luka wasn't on that roster, we would be watching the Detroit Pistons, <laughs> except in the West, in Dallas. We've seen Derek Jones Jr. playing Ukele in basketball. Yeah. <laughs> Go between the legs. <laughs> It'll be bad. Would not be fun. But, I mean, L take. He's not going to win MVP. So, if we're going off that mar that metric, L take. But if you're going like actually what it means to be most valuable, then I, I can see it being a W. But like even if you're going off of like the like quote unquote like narrative and all that stuff, and we talked about it last time, he, there's no reason why he shouldn't be top three. Yeah. Right. With the way that the Mavs are, are surging again, and I don't think that Giannis should hold a place in the top three right now. And so I guess like if that's oh, if, if that's my hot take, then I'll take it. But like, yeah, I think that this is very clearly a W take. You think it's very clearly W take that he's easily the most valuable player? Yeah. It's a yeah, hot we'll take. Right, you we'll don't do like the word if easily. We're on, like most of if we're rating it on a hot take, then yeah. Okay, so it's a W in terms of being a hot take, but yes. L in terms of being true? Listen, Somewhere you're complicating this too much. It's a hot take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. W take, there you go. You win. Next up, we have this guy with a long name and a bunch of numbers. Next year, the Lakers <laughs> will move on from LeBron James and the Anthony Davis era. era. This is a W take. I've been saying this for a while. They are not going to be in the championship contention next year, much less this year. And so 100%, they should trade. They should look into trading LeBron and Anthony Davis rebuilding because they're the Lakers. They're going to get another star eventually. It's going to be okay. That's tough. See, you got me. Like, the LeBron James part's cool, but the Anthony Davis part's like, eh, what's really the rush to go ahead and get rid of him, too? I understand the logic behind it. Like, 
yeah, what's the point? He's older, and we're trying to get on this new wave. You got three first-round picks. Mm. But Anthony Davis, too, sounds a little bit steep. I'm going to be honest with you. This is only happening if LeBron James decides to leave. His opt-in for this year is $52 million. Do you know LeBron James is the type of man to turn down $52 million? He's not. He's Neither not. do I. I don't expect him to be the type of man anytime soon. This is an L take. He's not going anywhere because his son plays in LA. He loves being there for movies, all the stuff that he does. Wants to be a Laker forever, all yada, yada, yada. End of the day, he's not walking away from $52 million. I can tell you that. Will it happen? Probably not. Should it? Yes. That's a different question. It <laughs> should. It should happen. Yeah. I can see that. You know, we talk about it at length as a Lakers fan. I'm sad. I have not been enjoying the season. I have not been enjoying anything basketball related for the past six months, yeah. or really since the in-season tournament. So I guess I had like two weeks of hope where I was like, oh, maybe we're going to make a run. Didn't last. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I told you. And I'm basking in it. It's, it's amazing. You just want to rub it in? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I can't wait till the Knicks fall off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'll take. I'll Next take one. For sure. Wemby is already a top five defender. Almost no one can beat him one-on-one. This was your burner account, wasn't it? <laughs> Liar. W take. W take. <laughs> Wemby is already a top two rim protector in the NBA. Incredibly mobile. Seven four frame. Can block any shot. I don't see how he doesn't go down as one of the greatest defenders of all time. This is yeah, you're right. It's a W take. I think like if we were going pound for pound, right? Regardless of who else is on the floor with you, you can make the argument that Wemby's the best defender in the league. Like there's a there's a conversation to be had, and it's just the fact that he's playing with other guys who aren't defensively minded on yeah. the, on the Spurs. But no, he's he's amazing. Yeah, for sure. We've never seen guys at literally his size be able to affect the game in a multitude of ways and deter hella shots and with the way he just he just reach out his arm and someone's already bothered by it you know if he was in chet's place on the oklahoma city thunder with a shea a lou dort he'd be all nba he would be the dpoi probably as a rookie yeah we'd be looking at like a tim duncan type start to a career where immediately the best defender in the league please right now chet is like top three top four in dpoi odds and so he, Chet's already getting that type of love. Yeah. Like you said, if Wemby's in that situation, he's probably winning. Too bad he's stuck watching Kellen Johnson give up backdoor cuts all day. It's terrible. Running around trying to put out six fires at play. I feel bad Sick. For him. Yeah. Not great, but w he's take. coming. W take, though. Right. But all right, we only, I only had three, so that's only hot takes we got. I think after that, we get into the meat potatoes of the episode. Before we get to the unserious stuff, let's talk about the winners and losers of the NBA season this year. Let's do it. Let's go, let's go one by one, each of us giving a winner and a loser, kind of like... Put a blend of positivity and negativity, you yeah. know? Yeah. You want to go first, Donovan? Yeah. Who's right. your first winner of the season? My first winner of the season is very clearly the Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay. Interesting. Okay, explain. I think that the Thunder, who... The Thunder are in their house money season, mm-hmm. where outside of them getting swept in the playoffs, nobody honestly cares about the results of this year, right? They could win a championship or they could lose in the first round and it's okay because they're better than what everybody expected them to. Shea is an MVP caliber player. Chet is rookie of the year caliber, right? He He's all-star caliber. Jalen, uh, J-Dub, is, he's taking a leap. Everybody on their team is taking the step forward and they are at the top of the West. Once again, nobody thought they were going to be there. They can do no wrong, and it's just the most positive situation in the NBA. So yeah, they're they're very clearly the winners. Were they on your list, Mo? Uh, no, because I knew like one of us were gonna have to put them on yeah. there. So I'm like, I don't want to go ahead and double dip. But you're absolutely right about that. They are one of the biggest winners of the season so far. Scam Sam Presti. I call him Scam Presti. <laughs> that is his real name. Scam Presti's no longer Sam. Yeah. Biggest scammer in the NBA, and he deserves that title 110. percent I'm glad you said that. On my <laughs> list. I didn't put the Thunder. We talked about Shea at Lance. We talked about J-Dub, all this. 
I put Sam Presti specifically. Mm-hmm. This man, Jalen Williams is a star. Clearly in the making. Maybe next year, maybe the year after that. Whenever it may come, he will make all-star games. Multiple for years to come. We know Chet is Chet. Shea is Shea. The fact that Jalen Williams has blossomed into this, and this is a player that he got via the Los Angeles Clippers trade, sending Chris Paul away. I mean, Paul George away. He got Shea and Jadam in one trade. This year is just like vindication for this plan working for Sam Presti. He can look up every day and realize that the Clippers blessed him with a decade of relevance for his team. The quintessential how to build a contender with a small market. He's by far the biggest winner, I think. And he still has 30 first round, 30, you know, <laughs> 30 draft picks to play around with. Like they are, they are not done. And when you get into the next two, three years and contracts start coming up, they are going to be in prime position to rebuild and to retool as easily as possible. Yeah. Effortlessly. Similar to what they did with uh, receiving Gordon Hayward during the trade deadline. True. Yeah. And just like recycling someone like Trey Mann, even though like you all know he's a good player, just doesn't get burned because it doesn't make sense to interact and interfere with that core. Mm-hmm. But I can just easily imagine a constant rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat young players who just don't necessarily fit exactly what OKC needs at that moment in time. So yeah. biggest winners. Is there how many big threes right now are better than Shea, Jalen Williams, Chet? Even in year one. Like five maybe like that's got to be a top five big three a lot of teams don't have all nba worthy future all nba worthy of course because chet and jay i'm not making it a lot of teams aren't that deep so yeah top tier to be a top three big three young not even young core anymore contending core when two of those people are either a second year player or a rookie ridiculous team building like I know, like, a lot of us were up here talking about, like, they need to make a big move. They need to find a Larry Marketing. Find it was a- you, not a lot of us. Yes, yes. <laughs> all right, all right. Larry wasn't available, but if he was, yeah. I would have stood on that shit. They needed to get Larry Marketing yeah. if they could. But the fact that they don't have to do something like that and they can just ride it out with their young core and be in contention year one of having that full young core, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Like, very few GMs in NBA history have set up their team that well. And Listen, Scam Presti is going to do another <laughs> move. You keep saying it every time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's his name now. But, like, if he can make a move to get a lot of assets back for Josh Giddy, who we've all talked about is actively hurting their offense, and, <laughs> I, like, Gordon is there to replace him and close the lineups and do all that stuff. But if you can get him out the picture and now get another player off the bench into your rotation – that is just going to further everything everything that they do in the next coming years. And I expect nothing less than for Presti to make a move like that. Yeah. I wish they would have shipped Josh Giddy to Charlotte. Like, I have a bad... No, I've said in many time or episodes that I think the Thunder are, like, as good as the Clippers, as good as whoever you want to yeah. put in the West outside the Nuggets. And, like, I can see them being in the conference finals. I'm beginning to be a little worried about it because they are seemingly as committed to Josh Giddy as they are to anybody. It's like they're sacrificing so much for his development because they see a long-term vision in which he's the perfect piece to play next to all their stars or whatever. He is actively bad on offense and defense right now. Teams ignore him offensively. He's a cone defensively that gets attacked, isn't spacing the floor, even though he like can shoot like a 36% from three yeah, or whatever, which seems flawed. okay. It's because he's wide open every time and brings no gravity as a shooter. The weakest defender there. His passing isn't as good as it used to be. His, re- his rim scoring isn't as good as it used to be. No, nah, he fell off. Yeah, yeah he he fell so off. what does he do? He uh, takes up space. <laughs> he has nice hair. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, he's just he's there. He could be the yeah. reason that we look up and they're down two one in the playoff series because the Josh Giddy minutes are destroying them. And Mark Dagnall decided to close a pivotal game two with him, mm-hmm. and it was clear to everybody involved watching the game that he shouldn't have been in the closing lineup. I can just envision that happening against like the Timberwolves or something, and he just gets abused. And now we're looking up and we're like, the reason they're not going to fulfill their potential in year one is because the commitment to Josh Giddy. Yeah. Damn, that's tough. 
That's tough. tough. <laughs> Letting him be the reason, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but outside of that, listen, the year's been fantastic. And so, sh- shout out to them. Major winner. There you go. Who's yeah. your first loser? My first loser is act- is the referees. The referees? Wow. The okay. referees. I think that this year, and so, like, the league came out with, they've said that on a per-game basis, there's actually, like, less errors from the referees. But it feels like every week, there's at least one call that is massively controversial. Yeah. And so, at least in public opinion, they are down horrendously. I, it just, there always seems to be a situation, right? Most recently, there was the Rockets-Knicks game where they called the foul on Jalen Brunson and then it cost, you know, cost the, the Knicks the game. Afterwards, they're like, yeah, we, we messed up on that one. And the, listen. I was going to say, I didn't have this. He didn't have him on the list until like that game happened. You're one biased motherfucker. Yeah, he's all about the saying this is because of the Knicks. <laughs> listen, if the Knicks right now are protesting that loss, how in the history of the NBA the protest, protesting the laws, <laughs> protesting the laws, and they actually might win the protest. Like that's how bad it's the been. But also, but like, but it's with that. It's with <laughs> we that. We want it's our with, fifty seconds back. It's with the technicals that they give people just by seemingly looking at them, but for hanging on the rim, this and that. I think that the referees this year haven't done a fantastic job of just not getting in the way. Right? It always seems like when something is going on one referee wants to step in and be like, well, now it's my time to shine. Like, I yeah. want to be involved, and that's just not your job. They're definitely one of the biggest losers in the court of public opinion. So that, yeah. that's definitely yeah. true there. Being a referee right now is probably the most stressful it's ever been in NBA history <laughs> with the amount of pressure on social media. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. That's tough. I can agree with that slightly. because Listen, I'm just bringing in current events to what we're doing. Is it my fault that the Knicks are involved in, you know, a refereeing scandal? No, it's not my fault, right? But like man this, character syndrome. This is, yeah, <laughs> this is what they do. This yeah. is what the referees do. I think it's a little bit overblown. I think it's a hard job. Of course and you do. Every year age, we say this. We focus on the the mess ups more than we do the ninety nine percent of plays where things are perfectly fine. And I think the bigger issues people have with the rules, not necessarily how they're being enforced. Mm-hmm. Which conversation for another day. But I feel like it's become like a very big symptom of like NBA Twitter brain to blame everything on Damn. the refs. Every single fan base swears as a vendetta against them for everything. And most of the time, it's just ridiculous. Unless you're playing the Lakers, in which is probably true. <laughs> okay. Outside there of that, I think most fan bases are incredibly dramatic about referees. But as a Knicks fan, there's, you, you have, have a gripe to have there's right like now. There's like two or three fan bases where I actually think it can be like true. I think... I think the Lakers are, are one where, yeah. like, if you're playing against the, the Lakers, yeah. you're not going to get that call. Sometimes, like, even Warriors fans, like, you're probably not going to get that No, I that think call. Warriors fans are the worst of the drama. They swear Steph is a pariah that the NBA world hates <laughs> and are, they just refuse to give him a call because they're a team that's awful at attacking the rim, generates no rim pressure, and every game they're like, why do we only have seven free throws? Their other team has 30. Because you have Chris Paul, Steph Curry, and Pajemski as your main ball handlers. All of which don't get to the rim like that. Well, I mean, Steph does. But, you know, yeah. he's not a huge foul drawer. And even if he is good at that, two through seven on the roster generate no rim pressure. Of course, they don't get a lot of free throws. You're yeah. not watching the come bucket play basketball? John <laughs> Kaminga doesn't you're, move you're you? Crazy for that. Speaking of that, you're crazy don't for that. Move you? Speaking of the come bucket, you're my first winner of the 2023 NBA season <sighs> is the come bucket himself, Jonathan nice. Kaminga. Y'all are wild for that. <laughs> y'all, 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 y'all are crazy. Nice. <laughs> y'all are crazy. Listen, never has there been a more successful calling out of your boss than the cum buckets. When he went to the mass media, his agent put it Y'all out there. I better call that man by his name. <laughs> <laughs> we, can't, we can't go two and a half hours calling him that. <laughs> oh, but I should. <laughs> but Jonathan Kamingo went to the media and called out Steve Kerr in a very blatant, wild thing to see from a young player mm-hmm. where he was basically like, I can do more. You're not giving me the minutes. 
I'm going to make it very clear to the public that I think I can do more because I have a contract coming up pretty soon and I want to earn that money and I need the opportunity to show I can earn that money. Since then, in the last, what is it, 16 games, he went from averaging 12 points per game to 21.6 on 57% from the field and 44% from three. Good he has God. been everything he swore to us he could be. He saw the vision. He knew himself. He knew that if you gave me shots, I can be a go-to scorer as a second option. I can be what you got from Andrew Wiggins in 2021 as a big wing who can do self-creation on the side while being a good spot-up shooter. He's great at harnessing his athleticism and getting to the rim in a very, in a very like clunky way. His handle's kind of funny to look at, but very effective as a scorer now. I just think he has to be a winner. Like he earned himself so much money by just like telling the boss he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Yeah, no, he's a major winner because like literally 30 minutes after he complained about his boss, his homie Moses Moody did the same thing. And ever since then, I ain't seen Moses Moody ever again. I don't know what the Warriors did to him, but hey, free him, bro. They sent him to the shadow realm and gave all the minutes to Kaminga. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like unfair, but nah, Jonathan Kaminga, he's quite literally a fresh breath of air. And he's a big part of the reason why alongside like Draymond Green playing immaculate basketball, shooting threes well, being like one of the five best defenders in the NBA, doing the natural stuff. Jonathan Kaminga is that new punch, fresh breath of air that offensive like uniqueness that they need you know yeah. to go ahead and revive and turn around their season donovan What's up? if you had to guess what do you think john Kaminga's field goal percentage of the rim is right now I, you're asking me so i guess it's going to be kind of high i'm going to say like 71 percent. 75 Ooh, do you know what yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo shot last year at the rim 74 75 oh yeah he's obviously it's different he's a higher volume guy that attacks different types of mismatches Giannis is Giannis, so yeah. like the volume's different 95th percentile for wings at 75% of the rim. Yeah. Legitimately one of the better rim finishers in the league. I think Luca's at like 76, who's like the standard for rim finishing for a player that size. Yeah. Kamikas genuinely has an elite skill in that way that someone like Moody doesn't have. That's why he's getting the minutes and Moody is in Wangdong. Yeah. It's ridiculous that it took this, like, it took Jonathan Kaminga calling out Steve Kerr after years of him riding the bench, especially because the Warriors have needed a uh, second punch like this with mm-hmm. Clay's decline, Andrew Wiggins forgetting how to play basketball, like right Jordan Poole going uh, going to Washington. There, shadow realm. Yeah, true. <laughs> they they need they needed somebody who can come in and get seventeen at least, right, yeah. and just help Steph out for the last part of his prime. And for Kerr to not to like look on the bench and see and see this like six seven six eight dude nah. who's, who's extremely athletic. I know, and just look down and be like. No, nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. It's I'm gonna play Corey Joseph instead. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's my small forward. It's ridiculous. So yeah, shout out to him. And, and he got the haircut too, which also helped. Yeah, which in also coincides. In, in my, in my with everything. Listen, so you know, remember when Kyrie was struggling with the Celtics and he cut his hair and it came out hooping? People think it's fake. Like if you same thing happened with Jason Tatum too. Yeah. If you are struggling, go get a lineup. And you will average at least five points more. People were calling him Mickey Mouse, and then he came out here and dropped thirty every night. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. But yeah, it's, it's just interesting because the Warriors have been unbelievably mid for most of the year. Mm-hmm. But over the last 12 games or so, they've really turned it around. You said Draymond Green's been playing well. That's a huge reason why. He came back. He stopped doing his mischievous acts of violence. And since then, he's been incredible as the full-time center. They benched Looney because they realized the spacing's never going to work because Andrew Wiggins can't shoot anymore. We need Draymond on the court. We can't afford to have another big there. Draymond's been incredible as a full-time center. We're kind of just like seeing the small ball Draymond stuff we've seen in the playoffs, but unlocked full-time, which creates a space for Kaminga. They are, they're so bad, like I said, because they don't get to the rim. They get to the rim 4% more when Kaminga's on the court. So not like he makes them a great rim scoring team. But, but it's he, better. Clear answer it's to another option. problem they have. Yeah. yeah, it's another option, man. It's another option. And it's quite cool to see. And it's also like really cool to see Draymond just revive himself after the last few seasons. He's been good, of course, like 
But this season, I think he has another offensive gear and punch to him. He's shooting like 40% from three-point line. Yeah. Still putting up like nine points or whatever, but those nine points, you feel that nine points more. <laughs> if you see Draymond Green hit a half-court shot, if I saw him hit a half-court shot on my team, I'm going home that night, taking Advils to rest the pain away. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. I'm buying a lottery tickets. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. All right, we'll move on to my next, my first loser. I'm going to go to Pistons Young Core because mm. they were... Yeah, <laughs> they were very promising, right? We all came into it and we were like, Kate Cunningham's going to be a star when he gets healthy. Jay Nivey's a promising young guard. We all like Jalen Duran, quintessential rim running big man. They drafted a star Thompson. We all like, you know, like the pieces on paper made so much sense. Then they hired Monty Williams, who spent 20 games making Jaden Ivey his 13th man in his rotation, getting DMP coach decisions. Well, Killian Hayes, 25 minutes a night. Scammer of the year. <laughs> the decisions Scammer he's made and like... I'm sure he's good at his job. He got a lot of money because he brought the Suns to relevancy when they had a solid young core. He brought in a culture of winning and all this stuff. Happens to coincide with Chris Paul getting in there too. I don't know who was responsible for what, but you know, that got Monty Williams paid and he's came to Detroit and proceeded to do the exact opposite of what he's supposed to be good at. Yeah. It's been absurd. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Like, and I, I'm just realizing like Troy Reaver sat here and he quite literally traded every single player that Monty Williams was in favor of. Couldn't trade Killian Hayes. Fuck it. Cut him, bro. Sorry. <laughs> See you later, buddy. All right. Isaiah Livers. Sorry, man. Can't he shoot like that. He was starting both of them at once. Yeah. Giving James Wiseman opportunity over guys like Jalen Durant. Not Jalen Durant, but what's his name? Um, yeah. One of their bigs. Just like he does. He just doesn't deserve mm-hmm. that many opp- that much opportunity over guys like a Marvin Bagley who's gone now, too. So it's him too. <laughs> all down bad. It's all down bad. Yeah. Hey, listen, we, we can discuss Troy Weaver's performance as a GM at length. Very up and down. But. Listen, he's the one that hired Monty Williams, and maybe maybe Monty Williams will figure it out. He's said that he's listening. You know, Jaden Ivey's thriving now. He's starting. But the fact that it took so long and he had to be convinced to give Jaden Ivey minutes, not start Jaden Ivey, he had to be convinced to give him minutes. Yeah. That's absurd. Yeah. And he went in and dropped like damn near 40 just a couple nights ago. And so Monty Williams, he's definitely on watch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, For is sure. it? So I'm asking, is it the young cores? Are they the losers? I guess they're the losers by like default because they had to deal with Monty. But I think Monty should, Monty Williams should be the one that we're looking at and he should be the loser of the the year. The only reason why we're not saying you're the loser of the year is because you are now the highest paid coach in NBA history (laughs) and you have a bag on the other side of it, whether you get fired or not. But he like, like you just, you know, laid out all of his decisions are the reasons why we haven't even been given the opportunity to see if Jaden Ivey can actually play. We can't see if Cade Cunningham can actually lead a team because the situation around him is so, so bad. Yeah, it's getting better now. So we're starting yeah. to see that opportunity. And like when I did the hot takes, I tweeted out this morning, mm-hmm. give me your hot takes. Some of them were like, Jaden Ivey might be better than Cade Cunningham low key. That's tough. Which those conversations must be had later. But the fact that that's a possibility now and Jaden Ivey's playing that well and he wasn't getting playing time earlier in the season. It's just, it's mind boggling. Like what were they doing? Yeah, Monty Williams' resume over the last three years is just not looking good. Getting your backs blown out not once but twice <laughs> in the playoffs over the last two years. Then now fall. you just put up like a horrific coaching game plan and performance out there. It's just not looking good at all. Listen, I respect a good bad getter, though, so scam away. If you're, <laughs> you can scam the Pistons for the biggest contract in coaching history, do it. <laughs> like, I don't care if you're doing a bad job afterwards. He wins. Speaking of scamming, I got my first winner. Okay. Thanasis Antetokounmpo. He is living every man's dream right now. He is hooping his ass off, getting burn time. He has a podcast called 
40 minutes ago, you find out what's called Thanalysis, which is hard, hard as ever. Incredible and he's name. also Incredible name. looking after his younger brother, Hoop. Who wouldn't want to have that job? He's a winner. He really I'm jealous. Is. I'm not jealous of a lot of things, but Thanasis, I wish that was him. <laughs> he really has an ideal life. Is, is, is he the ideal man right now? He might be. Oh to be God. honest with you, bro. He's commanding the ball late in the Y'all fourth quarter. You know how nice it is to get paid millions and have <laughs> podcasting be your main focus outside of the court? Like You just think about being the enforcer, clapping on the sidelines, doing your job and your limited role, yeah. and then chatting it up on the internet. Like That's awesome. Like yeah. He's the biggest winner for sure. He could put out a horrific, horrific performance every single night. And what are they going to do about it? Nothing. You want to trade me? My, my, my <laughs> brother? He's going to put you in a headlock. Yeah. You can't do that. You yeah. want to talk about job security. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> he got, bro. He got, listen, he can hit the sham guy whenever. I think <laughs> he can have a highlight once every like six months and he's going to be okay. Like, that's a, that's a good winner. I like that. You know what is funny though? Robin Lopez got traded. I wonder, I saw, uh, I think I heard Zach Lowe make this point where he was like, these look like the two most job secure people in the league. One is gone. What is the analysis? What is the analysis thinking? Yeah. <laughs> is he scared? That's, That's good. hilarious, bro. Who's your biggest loser for the year? Ah, staying on the same team, the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> so Another reason as well. Everybody's down, but the analysis is up. The analysis is up, bro. He's up like a mug, man. Yeah. Since the Doc Rivers era, I mean, everyone knew that firing came out so sudden, and it kind of like threw a riff into. A wrench into everyone's plans, especially the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis and Dame. That Giannis and Dame parent hasn't been looking like anything. They don't hoop together on the court. They don't look like a duo. Yep. It looks like they're just like literally on the court at the same time and they happen to be wearing the same jersey. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they're not they're coworkers. They're not exactly. Teammates. Yeah. Exactly. That's what it feels like. Not I don't know how they are off the court, but on the court, there's no synergy or anything like that between yeah. them. They just lost to the Grizzlies. The Gigi Jackson show took another victim. Oh my God. Do you care about anything that happens during All-Star Week though? Not a damn, not a one bit. True. <laughs> Doc Rivers came out after that game and said, half our guys were in Cancun. He was right. The first, the week before All-Star break is always full of just absurd fuckery where yeah. teams aren't trying. Young players, you know, can take advantage of this. G. Jackson can drop 30 on you. He didn't have 30, but you know what I mean? Like you yeah. go crazy. Take that with a grain of salt. But even outside of this week, yep. they haven't been good. And the Doc Rivers exactly. era is not starting promising. And I've been calling this shit out since like, three, four weeks into the season, I'm like, this shit just doesn't feel right. Chris Middleton had to work himself into play, playing shape, which yeah. is normal, came off of injuries, getting up there with age. Normal, cool, no one cares about that. But as time goes on and on and on and on and on, you start to see the oh, their defenses looks like really wonky. Oh my God, they're giving up so many transition points. What the heck is going on with Damian Lillard? He doesn't look the same whatsoever. He's not that all-star that, you know what I'm saying, we yeah, witness yeah. and hope that he would be. So they're just like, Three and seven in this Doc Rivers era. Everything's just looking so down bad for him right now. Yeah, they're definitely, I like, regardless of what the record says, and we've, I think Mo and I have been on it. You've been, you've been a little bit more patient with them, um, like, throughout the season. But I think that I am, I've kind of been off the bandwagon yeah. of thinking that this team is going to, you know, make a deep run. Every year, like, there's teams where you look at and you get to the playoffs and, People just kind of expect like, oh, you're just going to turn it on. And But the only reason why you're thinking that is because you look on paper and you have Giannis, you yeah. have Dame. But outside of name recognition, that team hasn't shown you over the last six months that they are trustworthy to win in a playoff setting, right, to do all, all the dirty work and stuff like that. It wouldn't shock me at all if we get to the playoffs and the Bucks lose in the first round, right? That yeah. that, that, would, that wouldn't shock. They, like Mo said, they don't look like they are – together and maybe after the all-star break they just need time away and doc rivers can actually like get time to put in whatever he wants talk to the team do all that type of stuff 
But right now, it looks like a failure. And you traded away Drew Holiday and for Dame, you understood that you were going to have worse defense for better offense. That's the trade-off. And the offense is still good. But the the process right now just feels a little bit flawed with how they're going about it. Are you saying Pat Bev doesn't move you? He doesn't solve? He doesn't replace Drew Holiday in your mind? I mean, he doesn't replace Drew Holiday. <laughs> I think the Milwaukee Bucks are the only team in the NBA with two-player podcasts, Analysis and the Pat Bev pod. That doesn't move you. Is that two? That does. Are they the only one? Do you, but, and that may, that, <laughs> that moves that, me. That, that moves me. No, but that may further my point. How much podcasting do you want on a certain team? Right. Mm. I think you can only have like one podcast. There's just too much. Quota. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a podcast quota. It's just too much. And like, I don't, I don't know. I, I do think that this team is halfway cooked. Two podcasters and a rapper. Who's a rapper? Dame is not Damian a rapper. Lewis. Dame, oh. He is not a rapper. He is. Stop. You're a hater to your core. Stop that. I can't believe it. <laughs> but no. Yeah, they're weird because, like you said, they traded offense for defense. We all knew this would be the thing. Their offense is legitimately great. It has been all year. And we believed in other teams that were offensive slanted. It's just it's so strange to see it from a Bucks team who's expected to be great defensively. So I feel like we focus a little too much on the weakness, not the strength that, you know, had them at the two seed, even with their humongous coaching flaws and lack of cohesion. That's still going to be there. The biggest flaw to me is that, like you said, they don't feel... They feel very disconjointed with yeah. Damian Lillard and Giannis. Giannis does not want to play like Anthony Davis. He is not trying to set screens, roll to the rim, do that, which obviously Dame needs. He wants to be LeBron. He wants to be the ball handler. He has to find out, find it within himself to accept a role of doing some kind of hybrid mm-hmm. so they can actually hit this, you know, mm-hmm. pinnacle. And maybe it's not even that he doesn't want to. Maybe he's not good at it. He's talked at length about he's not used to being in that role. He sets a screen. They double Dame every time. He catches the ball down low in the short roll. Immediately gets double teamed. He's not used to making those passing reads and kicking out of the corner. He doesn't know how to fight off the double teams and get to a shot without having to give it to Jay Crowder in the corner every time. It's a big learning curve. But despite that, they've still been a top five offense all year. So do you think that come playoff time, come 30 more games with a new coach, do you see those issues being solved at all, getting better? Because if you do, that's a crazy ceiling of an offense that they're this good without even figuring it out. Solved and being better are two different things. Yeah. And do, do I think they can be better? Yes. Um, because uh, the more you just play with somebody, you're going to get better. Um, but to get to where they want to go, they need to solve these things, right? Mm. If if they're going to go and play Boston in a seven-game series, they're going to need to have this solved. If Joel Embiid is back and they play the Sixers, they need this solved, right? If the Knicks are healthy, that's going to that's gonna be an, an, is, an issue for them, right? It's going to be at least a tough series. You still the Knicks so, in there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we know this. Fucking guy. But, no, nah, I actually agree with him. <laughs> I actually agree with him. Nah, no, you're right, you're right. If there was going to be Thanks, a time relax. in a season where, like, they do once it's again. It's going to be a lot of Knicks talk today. I understand <laughs> that. Under, understand that. <laughs> I'm over it. If there's going to be a season where they do get upset, it could be this year once again, bro. Because I'll say, there was, was Indiana, also last year. <laughs> yeah, also in last year, but Indiana got better, of course. We have to imagine the Miami Heat are going to get better once all the refools get settled, once Jimmy gets back and Tyler, Tyler, or Terry Rozier gets good again. Um, but, yeah, like, this is very scary for me. And if I'm a Milwaukee Bucks fan, I'd be in shambles. Yeah. I think they can make a run with their defensive deficiencies. But it has to be, like you said, the issues with Damian Giannis have to be solved. They yeah. have to be clicking at full cylinders, unstoppable pick and roll, where they can just straight up outshoot you with the second best player in the world on one side and what the – 12th best player in the world on the other side like that deal has to be at their peak to make up for this defensive deficiency mm-hmm. see and that's an issue damian lillard doesn't look nearly at his peak whatsoever and yeah if he's not then those dreams a big part of that though is because of what we're saying that his life what he does well is not being 
you know, like prioritize or put in a good position. Like he's having to do a lot more ISO than he's used to. The pick and roll isn't nearly as effective. He's not getting to his spots as well as, you know, the off-court distractions that are currently affecting yeah. his personal life and stuff. Yeah. So we, we can't know how much that affects it. But, you know, there's a world where you can imagine he gets better because the team is better suited to let him thrive. I hope because the worst possible thing you could have is a cranky Giannis. Next thing you know, he's going to be on, t- on TD3 along with the Nazis probably talking about some, yeah, man, I need to go ahead and get a new team because I want to win, I want to win, and all this other stuff. He's <laughs> playing the Mavericks last yeah. year. Yeah, bro. Yeah. All right, who's your next winner, Donovan? We'll move back to positivity. Let's go. I have two winners in one, and these are two guys that I had completely given up on and they've revived themselves. It's Car Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. My God. Wow. I can't reach you to dap you yeah. up. Rudy Gobert is on my list of winners. Look, yeah. I, I agree. Same time. Listen, Cat, Cat is a guy where, like, after last season, all of us thought Cat was going to be the one who was going to be moved just because yeah. they gave up all the draft capital for Rudy, right? He kind of doesn't necessarily fit. He stepped his play up and he fits into what they're doing now. And he's been playing some fantastic basketball. He's an all star now, right? Probably should have given this to somebody else like Rudy Gobert, Damn. right? Like, like Rudy Gobert, but Facts. he is an all star. And he's been playing well. Rudy Gobert, at the end of last season, probably had the lowest trade value ever. And even for a guy who already had negative narratives around him, probably even lower than that. And he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year this year. The bounce back from those two guys to have Minnesota as as the one seed, to have them as a legitimate threat to beat the Nuggets and to maybe get to the finals, that's a huge turnaround for a team that I don't think any of us thought that they were going to be Top five, top six, right? Man, was I hating on this team. Yeah. And we all agree. Everybody was down on Cat. Us included. We're no different. We didn't see this coming. The Rudy Gobert talk is hilarious. People hate that man for no reason. They just think he's oralist and don't like watching him play. Oralist. So he has the <laughs> shortest leash for public opinion. Two years ago and before that, you know, he was DPOY caliber with mm-hmm. the Jazz. Nobody liked them, but, you know, you got to give it to him. He's They're winning. They're like the Jazz were the one seed in 2019 or something like that. They were obviously worthy of respect you can hate on him but you can only do so much to discredit him then the terrence Mann thing happened where the game plan was leave him open he had a million threes and people just decided that was rudy gobert's fault they were just like you got shit on by terrence Mann. that was always a weird narrative that wasn't really aligned with reality yeah. but every obviously everybody took the opportunity to tear him down right came back had a better year he was kind of like at a point where he can go either way and then last year he just looked slightly worse and people acted like he was Hashim beat. People were acting like he was James Wiseman. That's they were crazy. acting like he was cooked last year. They were praying on his downfall, and it happened, and they were dancing on his grave. And then this year, when he comes back and plays DPOY again, not a peep. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah. everyone's like, all right, got to give it to him again. Yeah. Like, it's hilarious. Yeah, like, it's funny because anytime you hear any NBA team talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves, all they talk about is how big they are on the defensive end mm-hmm. and just how they just get in the way of things. The reigning NBA champions, um, Nicole Jokic. Why'd you do that? <laughs> Nicole Jokic, he was like, yeah, man, they're just like all over the place and they just get in the way and disturb things. Yeah. And that's because of the way Cat has been playing on defense as well. Obviously, like the number one in defense of the NBA been that way the entire t- entirety of the season. And that 110% belongs to Rudy. But seeing Cat evolve his game be somewhat of a connector on offense while also mixing that in with his value that he brings on the offensive side too when it comes to his ability to stretch the ball out and 
you know, go ahead and put the ball on the ground and do other things as well that not many players at his size can do has meant a lot. And then, of course, we haven't mentioned his name yet. Anthony Edwards just keeps on getting better. Mm-hmm. And this is just like the best case scenario for the Timberwolves. It doesn't matter what you do in the playoffs unless it's like a first round exit. Then it's like, ugh. but I will say they have to make a good run. It has to either be a very respectable second round loss or conference finals because this team, they already paid Jaden McDaniels like $28 million a year. Yeah. He's like their fourth best player. Anthony Edwards, obviously a max player. Cat, a super max player. Rudy Gobert, max player. That's a lot of money. Nas Reed got a contract. They're soon going to be a second apron luxury tax team, and they are the Minnesota Timberwolves. They can't afford to be doing that every year. They can't pay that type of luxury tax bill. Only way they justify that and keep this team together is if they make a run and they can truly be a contender. If this team flames out, which a lot of people kind of expect them to, given their offensive issues in the playoffs, if they lose to the Clippers or whoever it may be in the second round, we might still be having cat conversations because something has to change with this team if they deem they are too expensive to keep together, and it'll probably be cat. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like the cat conversations are gonna happen until he proves everybody wrong. Because even even right now, I think a lot of the questions about how they're going to be in the playoffs is well, we've seen Caranthi Towns in the playoffs before, and whenever it, the game starts getting close, he has crazy turnovers. He starts pulling from thirty-seven feet. Like he just has these weird moments yeah. of not necessarily showing up. The difference this time is he he isn't as needed. I don't I don't feel like with Anthony Edwards stepping up the way that he has and like in in late game situations, obviously Cat is still an option. He can still do things, but Anthony Edwards is going to be the one that's going to drive them at so like offensively, I think they're gonna get as far as he goes. Yeah. But we will still have cat conversations though. I think all that matters is that they maximize their potential and nobody really To you thinks- to you, what's their potential though? Second round exit. You, th- you, think that, you think that's the ceiling for the... That's probably team. the ceiling in my mind. What? I don't have high expectations for someone like Car Anthony Towns. I, I don't they, trust they their final offense. ceiling. Like, at least conference final ceiling. Like, my ceiling? Best case scenario? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I think that's... Maybe they're floor. I'm conservative. Okay. Yeah. I don't want <laughs> to give them high expectations like that. Yeah. Okay. No, if, 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 if their ceiling is a second round exit, then this team's cooked. They, they are not staying together. But yeah. I think their ceiling is a lot higher than that. There's a world where... The first round, they stomp out whoever's a seven seed or whatever. They beat the uh, Mavericks, whoever may be there. Second round, they play who would be in the four or five? The Suns or Pelicans or something? Yeah. yeah. There's a world they can get at the conference finals. I think that's pretty likely. If they don't make the conference finals, or like I said, very least six or seven game series in the second round, then we're in trouble. You're right. But at the same time, you got to remember who we're talking about here. Minnesota Timberwolves, not the Lakers, Celtics, or the Knicks, or whatever. This team ain't meant to playoffs since like 2004. 2004. No, it was, was in a couple years ago. 2018. Yeah. Oh, they, they, lost, they lost a job. Yeah, that, that was, was, yeah, was yeah. really Before then, yeah. For sure. Right. But they haven't been a one seed in a very long time. This yeah. is one of the best seasons in NBA history. So th- this is their chance to, to jump on this opportunity and prove this course to stick together. So, and again, obviously, Cat and Gobert, their reputations, huge winners for the season. We'll see how it translates. Facts. Facts. Who's your biggest loser? Second biggest loser, the Sacramento Kings. Oh, what? interesting. Okay, I think that the Sacramento Kings have mm. they are a, they're very very close to sliding into NBA purgatory mm. and being just mid. And I think that they decided in the offseason to stand on everything that they had within the building. They didn't go out and make a crazy move, right? They didn't kind of blow up everything. They decided. The uh, Sabonis and Fox, those are our guys. And even this year, they got a leap from De'Aaron Fox. And everybody, like, they stayed together. The coaches are all there. 
and they are in trouble. They're, they're either at six or like they're in the playing. Yeah. They're the eight seed. They're in the playing at danger of falling to the nine and 10 seed because the Warriors are on fire and the Lakers have been doing extremely well. Exactly. And so they're falling into mid. And so I think right now, they have a they have a, falling into mid is hilarious. They, they have a, they have a very very low ceiling. Yeah, I think that with this core of Fox and Sabonis, it's playing out in real time. Of we're not good enough to get to the second round. We're not good enough to get to the conference finals. And they didn't make a move at the deadline, so now we're going to go into the offseason. I don't expect them to win a playoff series, and now they're going to have serious questions about the team core and the construction. And so the whole light the beam, this whole era which is just one yeah, year you say light the beam one time this season at all exactly. last year you're like light the beam light the beam every time you had the because opportunity. Of, because it looks different it was and they were able to get away with having not a great defense when you had the best offense in the league the offense has regressed to a point of right above you know middle of the pack and it's like okay it's 14th yeah. it's middle of the pack it's usually they're, right approaching right mid. they're just mid like you said last right year right team of great. they don't have they don't have any all-stars like even even the public perception of, of putting fox or sabonis into the all-star game is not there they are they're falling into a very bad space and a spot where if if you're a small market team that hasn't had a lot of success you you can be happy but with the success that they had last year they yeah. did not take the leap and so now they're finding out the hard way yeah we have we ha- like we have to make moves to keep getting better so 14th defense 18th offense Sounds real Atlanta hockey to me. All right. I didn't need that straight. All right. I had a, I was having a great day. Tremendous. Day. I'd like to make it worse. All right. Two things I got to say about that. Last year, the Sacramento Kings were one of the most blessed teams in the NBA when it comes to health. De'Aaron Fox had a shoulder injury, I don't know, a month, month and a half ago or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And since then, his numbers have tanked. The big reason why the Sacramento Kings go, of course, the bonus is a bonus and he is like a big part of their system, but he can only take you so far. De'Aaron Fox and how we saw him playing during the first 21 games of the year, playing like a top anywhere between 15 to 12 player is what took them over. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And now that he's gone through this injury and he doesn't look like himself at all, he's slumming so along alongside with that. The team is something that hurts. And then also being too comfortable. Their head coach talking about some, oh, yeah, King Murray's going to go ahead and be that next star. King mm-hmm. Murray's a fantastic player. He made a leap defensively, but earlier in the season, One of the best defenders in the league, honestly. Exactly. Still has value, but we saw him take that leap in another way. So, in my mind, I thought, at, even at the start of the season, how in the hell can this team remain the same and, like, still hold on to that number one offensive team? You know what I'm saying? In the NBA. It just, it just didn't click for me. And they're getting peak Sabonis, too. Like, it's not like it's... That's sick. They were getting peak Fox start of the year as well. And they still weren't particularly good. They were hired in eight seed. You know, they fell down there when, when Fox had his atrocious January. Yeah. Where he shot 29% from three after starting the year shooting 42%. Which, we all kind of jumped the gun and were like, oh, shit. De'Aaron Fox might just be an elite shooter now. He might be unguardable. Maybe that was a hot streak. We'll see which end of the spectrum he's more towards in yeah. reality. But, yeah, it's just weird. Like, the team... Nothing is working offensively. Kevin Herter is not shooting quite as well as he was last year. Harrison Barnes is still just Harrison Barnes. Malik Monk has been a godsend for them. He's been a fantastic addition. Still just 14th in offense. Still on a great rebounding team. The pace isn't giving you dividends like it did last year. Sabonis' play style, while is fun to look at, lots of triple doubles, still doesn't lead to good defense, still doesn't lead to high-end offense this year. Just Like you said, there's a very low ceiling. That's exactly how I feel. Maybe there's a decent floor, but... There's no way they can be a top two team in this conference. Yeah, so I think if you're the Kings and you're looking around this offseason, you have to make a you have to make a legitimate move to to get forward. And that's where I think 
like the the Thunder, right? Where they're in their house money season, like I said. I think the Kings had that last year. Mm-hmm. And so if the Kings want to get back to that, they have some serious questions that they have and to you answer. Know, this is where like a lot of bad draft picks don't start showing until like you're in the era of like, okay, we're starting to figure things out, but we need that one two punch. And that one two punch was like guys like a Tyrese Halliburton, but he's Sabonis, you know what I'm saying? No one cares about that. That's great. But off night. Like, oh, what, does, what does he? Yeah, that was a miss. That was, that a, was miss. a bad miss. That was a miss. And misses like that sets your organization back completely. You yeah, know? especially like you said, when you give up a lot of pieces to go all in for a bonus, you got to have those pieces hit. So, unfortunate. Yeah. Ma- massive, massive loser for me. Mo, who's your next winner? Ooh. Back to positivity. We're yeah, back to positivity. No consistency this episode. Let's go ahead and talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers. The hottest team yes. in the entire NBA. You see it. I already know they're on your list. And your phone is off right now. Give it to me. Not only are the Cleveland Cavaliers on my list, specifically Donovan Mitchell's on my list. Love it. You, you go, go and explain. Why do you have the Cavs on there? The Cleveland Cavaliers have completely transformed their offense. Um, there's a saying goes like, oh, like maybe this is a blessing in disguise. That quite literally happened to the Cleveland Cavaliers when Evan Mobley went out and Darius Garland, like usual, broke his face again. Um, with Darius Garland being gone, <laughs> broke his face again. He's, he, I don't know what it is. Habitual but, face breaker? Yeah, like his face <laughs> just attracts like elbows. Elbow. And like... Yeah, it's just crazy as hell. Um, but yeah, like they, Donovan Mitchell has been playing the most elite version of basketball that we could imagine of him. He's peaked Donovan Mitchell right now. His passing has taken a leap alongside with that. The Cleveland Cavaliers have gotten guys like a Sam Merrill. I remember a couple what, streams ago, I said, wow, he sounds like a math teacher, to be <laughs> honest with you. He's an absolute sniper, plays his ass off on the defensive end. And guys like that, you just can't phase out of rotation as time goes on, even when your guys come in and get healthy. And that's exactly what JB Bickerstaff has realized. Something someone else won't want to give flowers to. Jared Allen, he's evolved his game. His passing is very underrated, okay? His defense has been, he's been one of the best defenders at his position in the entire NBA. And so they're in a beautiful spot. Now Evan Mobley and and Darius Garland have to figure out how to add value to this team. We've seen Evan Mobley. First game he came came back, back, hit three, three, he was three for three, career high. We've never seen that before. They're in a great spot. I'm going to say something. All right. Don't laugh. Keep a straight face. I don't want to see a single smirk. I'm dead serious. I like George's Niang on this team. I'm, I agree. <laughs> nice. I, 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 no, I, I agree. I think both, both of the signings that they had in the offseason with Niang and Struess, those were elements that they needed. Yeah. Right? They, need, they needed more shooting there. When you had Garland and uh, Garland, Mitchell, Allen, Mobley, sometimes the the spacing can get a little bit compact, right? Yeah. And and having those guys to be able to, to space the floor, move around, right, uh, set screens, they help. So I like Georges Niang on this team too. I love it. Shout out Georges Niang getting comments about him other than being built like a potato. That's all. Yeah. I saw Shaq making fun of the way he was built on live TV. Oh, that's like that's good. the one time I talk about the Cavs. Shaq's making fun of the way he's built. <laughs> he's been good. He's yeah. a lot of versatility. He's a big forward. I like him. And it's so funny you mentioned Max Schroes too. He's like the most effective, ineffective shooter in the league right now. Damn. He's like the one of the most inefficient shooters out there. He's shooting very low from three. But his volume is so high mm-hmm. and teams respect his gravity so much and he really stretches the court that like even though the shots aren't falling, teams don't care because you're not leaving Max Schroes open. You know that's going to flip around eventually and he's going to be getting back to shooting really well. And it's just exactly what they need. A legitimately effective off-ball movement shooter that can be next to Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen and I give them that gravity. Last year, they were relying on Isaac Okoro. And 
uh, what was the guy? Lamar Stevens. Mm-hmm. Like all the times people were talking about in the playoffs, they should you know bench an Evan Mobley or a Jared Allen, go one big. For who? Lamar <laughs> Stevens minutes to close a game? No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So like down. now they have those legit shooting options. You mentioned Jared Allen's defense. I like his offense more. I mean, obviously defense is great. Yeah. But he's been like so empowered to go back to what he was when he was an all-star and like have a bag offensively, legitimately effective post moves, good at attacking mismatches, really creative finishing on the roll. Like there's a stark difference what we saw last year, the first year of having this full team together, when we saw Jared Allen kind of take a back seat, trying to figure out how to let Evan Mobley work. This year, it's like a clear mind shift change because obviously Evan Mobley wasn't there. And I'm just hoping that sticks around when both of them are there and he can continue to be aggressive, Jared Allen. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I agree. And now you can step back like a couple months ago when the initial injuries for Evan Mobley and Darius Garn happened. Folks were like, there were whispers. It wasn't loud, but there were whispers and those conversations were definitely happening. Should Donovan Mitchell be traded? Should they start yeah. looking to trade Donovan Mitchell? Even I contemplated that for two seconds, but I'm like, ah, that may be a little bit too early. And then boom, Knicks room would start happening. Yo ass is happy as hell. And I hate when you're happy, bro. Especially about the Knicks. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> I like when you're upset. Yeah. <laughs> you're just hating. You're just hating. <laughs> but since then, they figured it out. And now they have a whole new trajectory. And whether or not, like, of course you want Donovan Mitchell on your team. And I think, like, we can all foresee a future in which this group of guys, this core of guys, end up doing something special in the future, whether it be winning the finals or just getting there without LeBron James. Very impressive for the city. Yeah. I put Donovan Mitchell on my list and not the Cavs because I think, you know, I mentioned Rudy Gobert earlier instead mm-hmm. of the Timberwolves because reputationally he's just so up and down. Donovan Mitchell was going through the same thing. The league just like decided we're going to take him for granted for a couple of years. We're bored of Donovan Mitchell. Similar, you know, part of it's probably proximity to Rudy Gobert mm-hmm. because the Jazz teams were very unlikable because nobody wants to root for Rudy Gobert. <laughs> and no, they flamed out last year there. Paul George just got them out of the fucking paint and made the conference finals by himself and Kawhi was hurt, embarrassed him, led to the team exploding. Last year, Donovan Mitchell comes in, first team All-NBA. He's looking fantastic. Actually, no, I think he fell to second team. But, you know, yeah, All-NBA guard in the first year of the Cavs, they're the three seed. High hopes. I was saying I think they made the conference finals. I fully bought in on the Donovan Mitchell, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Darius Garland combination. Teeth kicked in by the Knicks. Abuse. Mitchell Robinson, (laughs) abuse. Jalen Brunson, abuse. People were just forgetting about Donovan Mitchell because what have you done for me lately? They were like, oh, whatever. Small guards can't win, blah, 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 blah. And now he's back. Passing's improved, he said. Six assists per game, 60% true shooting, 28 points per game. I want to see him be on a team one day where he can be a point guard for real. Because his passing yeah. is like legitimately underrated. Mm-hmm. He could be a point guard. Maybe you don't want him to because, you know, he's a shooting guard, he's undersized or whatever. But like, I think he could do that. I think he could step into that role, playing next to like a big, like a Sangoon or whatever, who can give extra passing from that position. Mm-hmm. I want to see him empowered by that long term. The Cleveland Cavaliers have a multitude of options because if they really wanted to do that and like get Darius Garn out of there and in place have like another secondary playmaker, say like if they head up the New Orleans Pelicans, hey, Randy Ingram, you kind of want to slide him over here and I'll Ooh. give you Darius Garner. That is cooking right there. Hey, the Spurs need a point guard. <sighs> that would be nice. That's nasty. That's That'd nasty. Nice. It's, it's weird. I, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's hard to it's hard to, to think about right now. It's, I'm I'm gonna be a little bit negative. I, I just a, just a little bit. I'm curious to see what it looks like moving forward. Just because we've seen we've seen the Cavs be so good when it's. D. Mitch and Jared Allen, and then we've seen them be so good whenever it's Mobley and Garland, yeah. and now putting all four back together yeah. for the for the second half of the year. I wonder if it goes back to to what it was, mm-hmm. and we see a little bit of regressions. And so now this team that has like made made the leap, they're second in the East. 
do we see them take just slightly a step back? That's the one question I have about them. But outside of that, like yeah. everything you guys said is true. I think they do a good job with their lineups too, where like they have a lot of lineups where just two of those guys mm-hmm. are out there in those pairings you mentioned. Yeah. But like I said, you're going to want to close games with your, exactly. all your best players in the court. Exactly. You got to figure out how to make it work. Yeah. But like I said, if they're willing to bench one of those guys, depending on who's having the better night between the bigs, they have legit shooting options now that they can, in a playoff series, mm-hmm. they can close Evan Mobley on the bench. It might hurt whoever's ego. He's supposed to be the next guy, whatever. But if the matchup calls for it, if they're playing, uh, I don't know who in the East would necessitate that. But, you know, their team, that's the, obviously the Celtics. They're going to stretch them out. Yeah. You can't have both bigs out there. You need more firepower. They can start another shooter. Like, they have that option at their disposal now in a way they really didn't have last year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They are in a fantastic position and just love to see it. Who's your biggest loser for the next one? Let's hate some more. <sighs> biggest loser? What's up with you and hating, man? <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm all here for the positivity, too. I, I'm a man of dichotomy. <laughs> biggest loser um going back to the summer not an nba team not an nba player we're going to the nba scouts nba scouts okay yeah specifically scouts who were scouting brandon miller and hoping mm, and wanting for him to like fall behind too to go to whoever Portland Trailblazers or whatever it is yeah a lot of people were so down on brandon miller not because of like him as an individual or whatever but just the fact that like Scoot Henderson was that guy. A lot of people were sold onto him. And he's still, like, great player. He's been cooking as of late, especially. But it's very clear that Brandon Miller has been the right decision. Um, so far this season, he's put up, like, 16, 17 a game, been really efficient as of late. And he's been playing really hard. And he's, like, the, I guess, two now, like, brightest spots of this team. Other one being Trey Mann because he's a really good player. Yeah. And as a Charlotte Hornets fan, it has to be discouraging seeing your team just get destroyed every other that. night, bro. One of my losers is Charlotte Hornet fans. Wow. The fans specifically. Because this team is never getting out of a rebuild. They drafted LaMelo Ball four years ago now. He made an all-star game two years ago. They thought they were up. They were the seventh seed that year. And then they got worse for two years in a row. They're not going to make the play-in tournament. With additional you know, years of developing and drafting different people, they are worse than where they started with this core. Like you said, Brandon Miller's a good bright spot. He's the only bright spot. LaMelo's always hurt. He's become a long-term issue. Uh, Mark Williams is good. We'll see how kind of ceiling he has as a big man. Terry Rozier's gone. Gordon Hayward's gone. P.J. Washington gone. Miles Bridges, eh, he's still there for now. But yeah. nothing's going well for them. I, I'm worried about what they do if they have another year like this. You know whose plan they need to follow? They need to follow the Chicago Bulls' plan. Okay. Because I don't think anybody should. Who? They, for a team as down bad as the Charlotte Hornets, right? Who are all, I think it would be better to be a Charlotte, uh, Chicago Bulls fan and at least see some wins <laughs> every now and then. You know, to lose as much as the Hornets have, it takes a toll. And I think that, like, for a team that clearly is not great at drafting and developing, maybe going out on a, on a limb. And overpaying some some guys to bring in some actual talent rather than saying, okay, well, maybe in two or three years, this guy can turn into this. Maybe they need a jump start. And so you go out and you you bring somebody in. You outsource the, the talent instead of, That's this, point. Instead of I developing. would say they should follow the Rockets plan, not the Bulls. Mm-hmm. I think nobody should follow the Bulls plan. <laughs> it's a provenly shitty plan. Mm-hmm. The Rockets plan. Get a Fred Van Vliet, get a Dylan Brooks. I can see that vision. Here's the well, he, well, listen. Sure. Here's the here's the problem. Here's the problem with with the Bulls plan. And while we're on the topic of losers, Bulls fans were. were and we do. Okay, they, same. Yeah, yeah they, they were. <laughs> were you all put Bulls fans? Yes, yes. I swear to God. Yeah, <laughs> they're down bad. 
I don't think that the plan initially was bad. I think what's made it terrible is the fact that they have refused to move off of it when it's clear that it's not going to work, yeah. right? But for, you know, 36 games, they were the one seed in the East and, and things were working and they brought in all these guys and it seemed to click. And then, you know, injuries happened, things were never able to be put back together. But if you're the Hornets, maybe that is a path. And so the only the only difference that that is, the only difference that that they need to have is if you see your star point guard and his knee just, you know, disintegrates, you need to be able to move off of that core yeah. and start over again and realize he's never going to come back and be the same point guard that you think. Are you worried happen. about Lamella's injuries? Like, is it getting a point where, like, maybe this is, like, a little bit a Zion Williams situation? But it's obviously different from Zion because that's different issues. But, you know, every year it's a health thing. It seems like it might be a chronic ankle issue because this is the third year in a row where LaMelo is dealing with stuff like this. It's tough. It has to be concerning. If I'm a Charlotte Hornets fan, every single year you look up and you're like, ah, oh, man, we're going to get right this year. Of course, a lot of those pieces are no longer here. But even when those pieces were there that they had, Terry Rozier, P.J. Washington, Hayward and all that stuff, never worked out. Why? LaMelo Ball can't stay on the court healthy. Yeah. And now that just sets your organization back continuously and you're in a mindset to where you don't know what to do because you don't know what you have. And if you don't know what you have, how can you make moves? You're cap locked, you're in handcuffs, and you yeah. just have to consistently be in the state of just waiting to see how LaMelo Ball performs when he's healthy. And when he's been healthy, he was hoping, improved across the field on the court. Mm -hmm. And so at this point in time, you just have to sit down and just collect, continue to collect these young players mm -hmm. and let them develop and just hope and pray that LaMelo remains healthy. Yeah, beginning of this year, I said that I think Lamelo Ball is Lamelo Ball is like a superstar in hiding, like just like waiting for the opportunity to break out, and like people are forgetting about him. At a certain point, I don't know how long I'm gonna wait for that breakout to happen. He's just always hurt. Like you're losing valuable development time. He's incredibly skilled, incredible instincts as a passer and a scorer. You need more development time in a winning system for that stuff to come together in a you know cohesive way that helps a winning team. If that's not gonna happen for him before he's 28, then I think we're in trouble. I agree. They are they are cooked. There's a lot of fan bases out there that are like down horrendously. The Hornets are one, but they do have one of the best announcers in the league. Oh my god! So at least wa at least Eric watching Collins. the losses are kind of fun. Yeah. Well, shout shout yeah. out. What's his name? I forget. Eric Collins. I think Eric Collins. His name. There you go. Shout out Eric Collins. That man can scream with the best of them. I respect it. I could watch that man talk about how grass is growing, and I'll have the time of my life. Yeah. The vocal power, sheer <laughs> adrenaline, will get you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I guess. We already mentioned the Bulls. I guess why not touch on, touch on them a Do little bit. Do we need to go in on them more? I feel like we did enough. I don't. I don't Listen, if you're a Bulls fan, you know why you're down bad. Your team is yeah. the epitome of mid. You're going nowhere fast. Your team wants to go nowhere fast because they like being nowhere fast. It's enjoyable to them. It makes them a lot of money. And that's just their prerogative for the time being. It's not going to change anytime soon. And really no silver lining. We look if at someone a, like the Hornets. Yeah, the silver it. lining is Brandon Miller. You yeah. don't got shit if you're the Bulls fan. If you're a Bulls Kobe fan, White? I need to check in. Great. <laughs> awesome. You might get a most improved player award. I hope that makes your just like illness as a fan feel better. Yeah, that's, that's tough. True. That's uh, true. Are, we, are we getting back to, to winners? I guess so. Let me pull out some positivity real quick. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go with, I only have one left. We've hit most of mine. My last one is Alperin Sangoon. Just the guy. Wow. Okay. I talked about LaMelo Ball being a superstar in hiding. That was like theoretical. Like if he stays healthy and the team gets better, I can see him developing into a star. Last year, Sangoon was playing like a star. He was just given 20 minutes a night at most because his coach looked at across the roster, saw Bruno Fernando and was like, you're better than this guy. And Sangoon was buried in the depth chart. 
Steven Silas just refused to imagine a world where you could win with a center like Sangoon and just said, I don't even want to try that shit. No, thank you. He played everybody he could. Bruno Fernando started games over Sangoon. Very limited minutes. And like every Rockets fan you run into will tell you, Sangoon is our best player. I'm praying we play through him at some point in my lifetime so I could see this come to fruition. Aime Yudoka came in, has eyes, and agreed. And immediately made uh, Sangoon the centerpiece. They're playing through him. Fred Van Vliet's a competent point guard. Dylan Brooks is a competent wing defender. Jabari Smith's playing a lot better. It's just all the pieces you'd want alongside a center like that. And he is thriving. If, this, if the all-star rosters were bigger, he was playing at an all-star caliber level this year. 21 points per game, five assists, nine rebounds. Legitimately as incredible as we could have hoped he could be. And he's got to be a winner simply by the fact that he got the chance to prove this to people and wasn't just buried on the bench. Absolutely. I can't agree with you more. Someone like Alfred Sangoon, seeing how he's developed so quick in a organization that I had absolutely no idea what the fuck was going on, still banking on someone like Jalen Green to eventually blossom into like, I don't know, under the, <laughs> under the shadows of like, can he be like in the same caliber of Anthony Edwards or Donovan Mitchell, one of the top explosive shooting guards in the NBA? No, but you do have Alfred Sangoon, and this is like the best possible scenario for them. Yeah, like they aren't probably going to be in, in the playoffs or maybe even the play-in. Yeah, who cares, but though? this is like a right step in the right direction. Yeah. And you can't be mad at And Amen Thompson is coming. That Ugh. man is going to be – he's already one of the best athletes in the – Okay. Yeah, that was Okay, crazy. Ayo, that, that, I know. That was, was kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. He's coming, and he's going to come hard in the next few years when he's an all-star all right. because he's going to be one of the most athletic guards in the league, going to be a legitimately elite defender – legitimately unstoppable getting to the rim. The passing chops are there. When he gets to his point of his career where he's developed into that, him and Sangoon are going to be incredible together. Yeah, man. No, I, it, every, every time, every time that, that there's like a, a white passing big, they just like, oh, that's baby Jokic. That's, yeah, that's, that's baby Jokic. <laughs> and I mean, it kind of works out though because like they use him as, as the hub. And I think it's, I think it, it's interesting what they're doing in Houston because they have so many young players. Yeah. And so to see, to see Sangoon be the guy that's like clearly like above the, the rest of the pack, like they should build everything um, around them through, through Sangoon. Yeah. Like, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think that he probably was either like my first or second cut on the all-star list. Mm-hmm. And so now nah, he's hooping. Yeah. The baby Yoko's thing is like, Stylistically, it makes sense. Difference is obviously he's smaller, and Jokic's defense was very exaggerated. He's a pretty solid defender. Mm. Sengun's kind of iffy, but they have had a really strong defense despite that. So maybe it's fine when you have a Jabari Smith, Dylan Brooks, and whoever else there. Mm-hmm. But the whole big thing is his three point shots to come along. I think if you're going to be defensively a fi- deficient center like a Sengun, like a Sabonis, you got to be able to stretch the floor and really give you like the full package offensively. And right now he's shooting 29% from three. That has to come up to like 36% at least or whatever yeah. for them him to like really anchor a top team. Facts. I agree. You know what? I like being positive. Let's stay positive, all right? My next winner is a former Houston Rocket, James Harden. That man was abused, Fair. used, and confused. Abused <laughs> out of like- Who used him? Daryl Morey. Lied to him, bro. <laughs> uh, confused by who? Daryl Morey. Lied to him. <laughs> used out of his financial resources. Gave up millions of dollars for the sake of making your team better and signing guys like P.J. Tucker. He was put through the blender. Blender so much that he went on probably something that you'd dream of. He wanted a world tour of Haiti. Was in China <laughs> during camps telling all his little fans over there, Daryl Morey is a liar. Yeah. Do you know how much you have to hate somebody to go ahead and do that? That's tough. That's deep down. He was in clubs in Houston, had the bottle girls with 
<laughs> a sign <laughs> saying Dormer is a liar. <laughs> that is crazy. And for him to come back this season, and before the before he really was hooping with the Clippers, he was like, I am the system. Everybody laughed at his ass. Everybody just isn't wasn't the brightest of I James Harden for a good reason too. They lost six straight to to start the the era. Like it's how many went after that? Huh? How many went after that? I don't know. A lot. Yeah, <laughs> a, lot. Either. a lot. It's fine. A lot. It's fine. And he has been the big part of the Los Angeles Clippers and their success. Now, of course, like PG's doing his thing. Kawhi is playing at a lot of people. They get MVP type level, and all that doesn't happen if James Harden doesn't take a step back, realize that he needs to organize the offense a little bit more, be more open to catch and shoot threes, not not having to demand the ball as much, and also playing a little bit harder on defense. He's committed, and this is the one of the best versions of James Harden post his prime era that we've seen. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad you said James Harden because he was on my list, but I didn't have it under James Harden. Like I think that the big winner is like temper tantrums. Because, <laughs> okay. because all for all the things that emotional intelligence for I'm all a fan. the things that, that you said, James Harden went on, you know, on this whole tour and doing all and this is the third straight spot that he's been at that he has intentionally blown up the spot. Like well, the Nets, are we going to put that on James Harden's shoulders or the other James guard? Harden stopped playing basketball. Like, he quit <laughs> on the team while he was on the floor. I'm giving him, I'm giving him that. I'm okay. giving him Philly. I'm giving him Houston. All those all those things. Like, And he got exactly what he wanted. Um, but if you're going to do that, on the other side, you have to ball out. And he did that. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. He is one of my big I winners. Just, I can't get the visual out of my head of him going to China and seeing a gym full of 12-year-old Chinese boys and being like, hey, yo, fuck Daryl Morey. Yeah. Like, why is that the audience where you got to get that off? He made sure to say it not once, twice, but three times. Made sure folks' camera was pointing. He, he was like, yo, get this angle. Daryl Morey is a liar. Post that shit right now. <laughs> like, he's like, this is the room. I need to get this off. Make sure you're recording this. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he's, a, he's a crazy man. Yeah, he's a crazy guy. But it's working. So, Tamper Tantrums win, like you said. Team's incredible. It's all the reasons that we can have to hate on old James Harden now at this point of his career matters significantly less when you're with the talent he's with. Mm -hmm. So many safeguards for the inevitable James Harden collapse in the playoffs. He'll have a game where he'll go six for 17. I'm sure it'll happen. But I'm also sure Kawhi Leonard will not go six for 17. And it will be of minimal importance when James Harden shoots poorly because PG and Kawhi are there and James Harden's still going to do all the passing that works super well. That passing was less effective in the past when the scoring wasn't there because of the ISO heavy ball where if James Harden's shots weren't going in, everybody else is just looking at the rebounds. So much of the ball went through his hands. Not the case here. Not many possessions live and die by James Harden. So it's just so much less pressure on him, which is exactly what he needs at this point of his career. Even in Philly, there was less pressure because you're playing with an MVP. But every big man needs a point guard to set him up. We're seeing Joel Embiid thrive this year. And big part, because Maxie's been great, right? Like, you need somebody to take pressure off of you. So while the scoring load wasn't entirely on James Harden's shoulders, still a huge role where he needs to play well or the team falls apart. Not the case one bit of this team. Exactly. Exactly, man. Shout out to the Clippers. Yeah. Good for them. Good for them. I hate you paying you to say that. I can tell. It it, it really does. Just say hate them. It's okay. I don't like them. (laughs) I'm not a fan of the Clippers. It's okay. All right. My next winner, Tyrese Halliburton. Okay. I think, I think Tyrese Halliburton has easily cemented himself as a top four point guard, like as, as top five at the absolute worst. Yeah. He has last year was good and the Pacers were on pace to make the playoffs and then he got hurt and everything started to fall off. This year, 
They have the the long run in the in season tournament, right? He leads the league in fan votes for All Star. Uh, like he has burst out onto the scene as one of the elite point guards in the NBA, and I think that this year in general is just a big coming out party for him. And everybody like realizes that Tyrese Halliburton is amazing. He's fantastic, and so yeah, I'm just giving him his life. He's a big winner this year. I agree. And know what the team agrees too, because they see him and they see him make the star leap and know they need to build around him, and they reward him with one. Fresh Pascal Siakam. Which is huge. I see there's a Pascal Siakam jersey in the front here. Already got the Pacers fans already behind him. Yeah. He's, we'll see how high you can take them. But for you're looking at a team that's built around Tyrese and then a bunch of role players who play Tyrese ball, but you know, don't necessarily elevate you. We'll see what the young players can develop into. You insert a Pascal Siakam into there. Maybe it doesn't immediately make them a contender, but it sure shit helps. And it sure surely puts you in a better position to find the next piece. Find you whoever your OG and nobody is in the future for like the Knicks guy. It's one step closer, and even if they're not going to be like a top-tier team, it gives you a puncher chance. If you have a Tyrese and a Siakam in a playoff series, when you have the offensive engine and a go-to big forward that can create his own shot, play solid defense, create for others, and relieve the pressure off of Tyrese, because he's going to get blitzed to hell in a playoff series. Yeah, he's going to go, with the, with the Lakers putting through the in-season tournament, he folded under that pressure, which really he doesn't shoot well that game. We'll see what happens in a long seven-game series. But he's going to have to learn to play through that type of coverage in a playoff series when people are going to sell out and say, Benedict Matherin, Nemhard, so-and-so, you better make some threes or else I'm going to keep doubling this guy. That's a lot easier to deal with when you have Pascal Siakam send you the screen. You can hit him on the short roll. Makes his life a million times easier. Yeah, because it makes the offense more complex when you have someone who has a skill set like Pascal Siakam. And mm -hmm. what makes this trade or that trade even more beautiful is that they have a lot of shit cooking still. Benedict Matherin, we still don't, really don't know what he is, but his ceiling is high regardless of the way you feel about him. Jairus Walker. Could be something special. They didn't give him up. And they still have plethora of picks as well. So they have done an immaculate job of just taking care of their guy. They see something special. They're not sitting on their on their hands. And they're doing right by him. And he's doing right by them by just playing at such a level. None of us foresee yeah. this coming at all. Yeah. yeah. Nah. Ty yeah. Ty Tyrese has, has, been, has been great. Do you guys think uh, – so I guess like for top three, the conversation would be him or Shea. At top three, if you have, I mean Shea, I mean, yeah, come on. I'm just, I'm just asking, I'm just asking the, the question. How close do you think it is then? I mean, Shea's an close. MVP candidate, yeah, right not that now. close. So but... it's like there's a gap, but in a couple of years, like maybe next year, two years from now, could he be? Could he close it? Maybe. Not well, really sure though. Let's but. get half of this equation straight. Shea's an elite point guard defender, fantastic. Tyrese Halliburton is a fucking cone. I love Tyrese Halliburton, one of my favorite point guards in the league. He has to, it's probably a big part of his effort and being in a team construction that prioritizes defense. Yeah. Carlisle has tried to be like, we cannot win this way, y'all. Y'all got to try harder. And he's, I think that's gotten a little bit better as the course of the season's gone on. Early in the year, it was like awful. He has to develop to the point where he can be at least a passable defender mm -hmm. to be in that conversation and break the top three. Because someone like Shea, like give and take, Tyrese is a way better passer. Maybe you think that is more important than the scoring boost that Shea has. The defense is a huge difference is why Tyrese is like the next tier of players with like John Morant and whoever else. Right, there's fair. nothing wrong with that too. That's fair. Yeah, the Tyrese best is already, guard, I don't know. Yeah, Tyrese has already surpassed expectations and oh yeah, being the fourth best point guard is like the best quite possible solution or outcome for his career. Yeah. yeah. I have one more loser before we move on. My last one, Trey Young. Damn. It's not his fault, but his stock, all time low. This man is in trade rumors now. That he, Kendrick Perkins went on TV and was like, I'm not going to say the name, but there's a superstar coming to the Lakers this offseason. Blah, blah. And the same day it was reported that the Hawks are going to seriously consider trading Trey Young this summer. 
clearly what Kendrick Perkins is alluding to. Another report from The Athletic came out that day. He said the Spurs are going to make a big run at him, so-and-so. His stock is at an all-time low because the Hawks have completely failed him on all accounts. They paired him with another point guard. Nonsensical from the jump. Hasn't worked. They drafted two wings to play next to him. Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. Neither one of which are the elite defenders that they wanted them to be pairing next to him. One of which is on another team now. The Lakers, obviously. Onyeka Kongwu and Clint Capella are good bigs. Haven't been the answer for a rim defense that's been in the bottom five for the past two years. Jalen Johnson's a godsend, but outside of that, every single move they've made next to Trey Young to try to build a contender around him has been a failure to the point where people think that Trey Young's incapable of playing winning basketball because his team has done such a bad job trying to put him in a position to play winning basketball. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. Let's flip your statement. Trey Young's stock is not an all-time low. The Hawks' stock. Well, their stock doesn't exist anymore. They took that low. off the Nasdaq. That doesn't, exactly. It's not a thing anymore. <laughs> off the Nasdaq is <laughs> it crazy. It isn't like the face man stock. Where it's not a, you can't buy it anymore. Yeah, exactly. But Trey Young as a whole, if he's in trade rumors, then we all know like that's because we're cooked and he's the most valuable asset if yeah. that was to happen. Do I, do I believe that? I don't know. Do I have to? No, because I'm an Atlanta Hawks fan, so I'm just going to be like, liar. But <laughs> regards to the fact, um, <laughs> regards to the fact, if a situation, a scenario was to happen, then yeah, I guess it makes the most sense. If I'm Trey, I'm sitting here like, damn, I'm like 25, turning 26 soon. Just had two kids, just got married. You know what I'm saying? I'm supposed to be an all NBA player. Supposed no, to be an all star. That's the settled down city. It's, it's slow. Yep. Yeah. It's slow. It's tough. It's tough. And if I'm someone like Trey, I'm, I would feel some type of frustration because I sit here and I see all my peers. Oh my God, Shay, who I, I was just, I was in the same draft classes and back in 2018, he's going to the potentially Western Conference or whatever finals. Um, Tyrese Halliburton, bro, he's cooking right now in the Eastern Conference. All these other guards, Luca, guys like that, they're cooking. And I don't want to like make it seem like the Hawks have done nothing because they did have a good run, I guess, in 2021. But that doesn't matter Luke. anymore. It's all about what have you done for me lately. And at this point, it's just been a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> yeah, trash. We've talked about them at length. We don't got to go much too into it. Are you guys ready for some nonsense? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, let's go. I'm I think ready. it's TikTok time. I think it's time for all the crown eaters to go ahead and enjoy because we're going to talk about some nonsense. <laughs> Yeah, man. This is the part of the show. After we finish the main bulk of it, we get into the more gamified oh, stuff. I see, oh, I see a box of crayons right there. Oh, my God. Somebody bought us crayons. That's amazing. We love it. We got a real crayon eater. You know what's yeah. great? The last second this event had to get changed to 21 plus because of miscommunication. So we have an adult crayon eater in the room. And I love that. I love that. Can crayon you pass me one, ages. please? Yeah, I love it. Just throw me one, bro. I need yeah, th it. Throw me a good red. I need it. Give me good luck for this goddamn draft. <laughs> we smoking on a Crayola red. <laughs> Absolutely, bro. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Good, th good throw. Goddamn. Uh, right to his hand. Yeah. Good throw. That boy got an arm. Like, dart. <laughs> Bite it. All right. All right, Carson Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are cooked. I got the good luck in my hands. Yeah. This is my sage. <laughs> <laughs> Put behind your ear like Shannon Sharp. In the hat between the hat. <laughs> yeah, man. As always, we're going to begin this part of the podcast with the draft. And today, I think we keep the spirit of All-Star Weekend media. You know we're here doing a podcast. We're going to draft NBA lineups with only NBA players who have a podcast. You know, okay. They're sprouting out the woodworks everywhere. Like I said, we got the analysis. We got the Trey Young was on before us. <laughs> Everybody's doing it. It's awesome. It's great content. We hear, you know, NBA players, their experience. Let's draft them into lineups. All right. The draft order will be Donovan, me, Mo. Trash. I'm always last. You guys and you guys yeah, send yeah, me for yeah. failure. You're last every three weeks. It's in fair this is all, order. This is all time, right? 
Yes, all time. Yeah, all right. So real simple. Let's draft NBA lineups with only NBA players who have a podcast. All right. First pick. I, I want one more point guard. Give me Trey Young. Oh, let's go. You sold. Give me Shaquille O'Neal with the second pick. I forgot. The he big had pod one. with Shaq. I That's forgot right. he had one. Yep. Wow. Damn. Sold right off the top. Trey Young over Shaq. Shame. Oh my God. Okay. Wow. Well, that's tough. See? That's so tough. That's All tough. Right. Okay. Well, go ahead and give me one of the greatest podcasting bald men ever, Richard Jefferson. Okay. When it comes to quality con- content, None of you guys are touching me right now. That's <laughs> okay. all I got to say. Fair enough. Right. That's where you're going. And so you're the best podcaster so far. Absolutely. And so let me go ahead, double up. Give me Kevin Garnett. Oh, Let's be real serious. I was praying Let's you so be too. real serious. I got He's so lunatic. close to both of you selling. I got it on the court. If you want to have a conversation about basketball, dating life, or whatever it is, I got you too. Is Paul Pierce a combo deal in that? Does he come with it? Nah, he be, he be wilding. He be wilding. <laughs> Safety precautions. <laughs> it's a family friendly uh, starting five. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to go with another person you probably don't know as a podcast. Give me Dwayne Wade. Oh, no, that he, is a he, new he, podcast. He just yeah, started. He's an iHeartRadio podcast. Listen, I got the 2006 duo. I'm cooking. Okay. It's still you. I'm second pick. It's you now. It's you now. Man, I forgot how a snake works. How? <laughs> we're first pick. Oh, we did go like this. Right. My bad. My bad. My bad. Okay. Uh, all right. So at my two, listen, I have no idea. What, I have no idea what we're doing. You're right cooked. Now. I, I really am cooked. I sold. Give me, give me JJ Redick at the two. Ah, nice. Okay. Another, another sell. I appreciate. It. Keep going. And then let's see. At my three, at you know what? I know. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to decide. We'll we'll get all time talent. Give me Charles Barkley at the four. You cheater. Somebody shouted out to him. You were no, so I was thinking, <laughs> No, I was thinking. I was thinking. You should be redacted. You're on Team Donovan. Shout out you. Oh. <laughs> Appreciate you. Yeah, okay. Damn. You know what? Give me Draymond Green. Oh, my goodness. Listen, I, I, how do I not pick him? Oh, my goodness. You got protection. You got security. You got good jokes. You got a great basketball player. You I got, got the protection. Whole nine. I Draymond and Shaq? We're banging down low. <laughs> That's true. All right. Damn. Okay, so you went ahead and took JJ. All right, so at my oh my god, am I in the hood right now or what? Yeah, oh, calamity going okay. outside. All right, PTSD, my bad. All right, <laughs> rat scurry on the floor. <laughs> Facts. All right. <laughs> so at my point guard, go ahead. Actually, I'm gonna put him at my two. At my two, give me agent zero. Mm. I'm gonna have immaculate conversations with you, but I'm gonna give you personal life. Talk about you about your finances. Talk about your dating life again. I'll go ahead and show you how to act in the locker room. And I'm going to give you 20 points as well. I got the whole nine. You guys can't hold me. Okay. All right. Who's your next pick? Next pick, give me Jeff Green. Oh, no, not Jeff Green. Jeff T. There we go. I need all the jokes in the world. I, I needed that. My turn. <laughs> Calm down. No. No, this I is need space. <laughs> give me the point guard who's shooting 42% from three this year on 10 attempts, Jalen Brunson. That's good. Fresh into the podcast game. Pair him uh, with Dwayne Wade. I'm here. Wait, I, man, you picked Jeff T. I who has a better personality? I'm posting you up every play. You could post me up all you want. Whoever what are we talking about ISO. off the game? That game only lasts 48 minutes. You have game a whole life? other 23 hours of life to live. I'm winning that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> all right. At my three, give me Paul George. I forgot about Paul George. Oh, nobody, shit. Nobody said Paul George yet. Redemption. Wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. Give, me, give me Paul George at the three. And then at the five, we're just going to go just crazy spacing. Give me Rich, not Richard Jefferson. Give me Channing Fry. Mm. 
Oh, you are cooked. Mm. <laughs> Give me Channing Fry. We're just, oh, yeah. we're just, listen, we're just putting up. I said whoever offense on Jeff Teague, whoever offense on Channing Fry, we're changing it up. <laughs> Shaq dropped me 80 points a game. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. To round uh, it out, I need more spacing. At my three, give me Paul Pierce. Okay, nice. That's solid. I was actually thinking of circling back and picking him, but I was like, eh, I kind of care about the kids who watch me play basketball <laughs> and also the influences that I have. But I understand you're not that type of guy. Yeah. I am. <laughs> All right, so to round this out, so far, I got Jeff Teague, Agent Zero, RJ, Jefferson, and then KG at my five. So I need a four. And I think I can't do no wrong with selecting one of the pioneers of podcasting, player podcasting, Matt Barnes. Solid, bro. I'm going to okay. piece you up. I got nice hair. I can tell you about all my <laughs> tough Kobe stories. Ain't nothing you can do about it, man. I think I won this draft. You drove 90 miles like Matt Barnes. Exactly. Who What player on your team is doing that? Nobody. Listen, I got Draymond Green. I would relax about you. <laughs> you might drive 180 miles. So I have Jalen Brunson, Dwayne Wade, Paul Pierce, Draymond Green, Shaquille O'Neal. Nah, that's nice. Nobody came to play today. Uh, excuse me. I'm playing, but I'm playing an entirely <laughs> I, I, I different game. I did not game. come to play. He's playing <laughs> basketball. Play. I'm playing the game of life. That is the difference right now. <laughs> With so, go, never mind. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I, got, I got Jeff Teague, Agent Zero, Richard Jefferson, Matt Barnes, and Kevin Garnett. That was a master class of shit. No one cares. I'm winning <laughs> life, buddy. <laughs> All right. I've, I've, I've Trey Young, JJ Reddick, Paul, uh, Paul George, Charles Barkley, Channing Fry. Okay. Yeah, listen. That when, when you say it back, like, it's not as bad as like in the moment. It's yeah. actually a little bit better. Again, I'm, pro- fact- I'm proud of myself because I did save it. Yeah, you did. Yeah, some redemption it could, there. It could have been worse. It could have been much worse. <laughs> could have been worse. You might have picked <laughs> Josh Hart for Paul George or something. And we would have been like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but decent team. Okay. I kind of wanted to. Yeah, I did. That's the draft. <laughs> I did. As usual, you guys decide who wins. I don't know if this one's a competition, but we'll it's continue okay. the next segment. It's just say me. It's whatever. <laughs> next thing we're gonna do, another. You know, like a TD3 staple. Mm-hmm. We're going to guess some NBA baby pictures. Ooh, we. The, is... the people who are here live, we got to pull up on the screen to your guys' left. I'm going to show you some NBA baby pictures, and you got to tell me who the player is. This is most bag. Real this simple. is my bag. I don't know why, but I just can identify faces. Yeah, you're just fantastic at this. So. Guess the NBA player by the baby pictures. First up, we got, who is this kid? Oh, come on. This now. is easy. This is, this is this the light skin guy. This is Devin man. Booker. This is Devin <laughs> Booker. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is who? Kylie Jenner's ex? Yeah, this is the only <laughs> only Devin Booker, bro. Love it. <laughs> Listen, I had to start with somebody easy. It was Gerber, baby. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is him. We had the same haircut his entire life, damn near. <laughs> yeah, he looks the same, bro. <laughs> exactly. He was born into the world just smiling, biting his lip. <laughs> Touching a lot of chin. <laughs> All right, okay. Easy one first. Next up. Who is this kid? You got it? Is that the... No, you got it. You got to get it. No, no, go no, ahead. No, 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 no. Shoot your shot. Don't be shy. For who's wrong? I have no, no idea I got who it. this is. I got it. Just go. This is one of the greatest point guards of all time. You hesitate? <laughs> yeah, I hesitate a little bit. What, the seven or so? Best? His name is Emmanuel Christopher Paul. I can tell by that nose and them eyes. You said it in the wrong order. His name is not Emmanuel. It is Christopher first. But yes, this is Christopher Emmanuel <laughs> Paul. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> We yeah. got it. Listen, yeah. His Name dyslexia aside. Good point. <laughs> good job. I'm, I'm, apparently, I'm giving y'all easy ones to jump. So I, I hope these can get harder as we Mo, go. I'm lobbing all of them to you. I, no, I, I no. suck it, baby. I want to see you be great. <laughs> I want to see you be bad. So go ahead and try. Not today. Next up, who is this kid? What? <laughs> <laughs> he got no teeth. His parents did him so dirty like by gummy kids on the internet. A lot of that. All right. So I don't know if this is white or light skin. Clear as day, it's a biracial baby, probably. True. He looks like a big guard. 
Someone not going to lie. Someone probably flamed out early into his NBA career, but did have a nice high, but a really low, low. I'm leaning with Ben Simmons. How did you know that one so I do this. What do you mean? I told you before the podcast. <laughs> this man's a professional man knower. Jesus I was Christ. Never God. I was Stop never playing with me. You knew it when we were looking at eyes. I knew it before you even selected it, bro. That's what it is. <laughs> professional man knower. Even from infancy. No, that's, that's crazy. crazy. <laughs> this man knows his faces. Wow. All right. Well, you're three for three. Next one. Good job. Who is this kid? Ugh, damn. <laughs> what is he? That's a mean mug. Oh, my goodness. Can't even see the back. Yeah. This is a... Really old picture. Who? Sheesh. He's an old school player. Old school player for sure. I ain't gonna lie, I might be cooked with this one. I was talking about it. Looks like we, you got it if it's 2015 or on. I pull out a 1980s player on you. You're, you don't know what to do. <laughs> you see ghosts. Yeah, no, this is like in if, the. If this was recent, I would say Chris Middleton. <laughs> Chris Middleton's I, he looks, a good guess. He looks not Chris Middleton, though. He looks like a big man. Is he a big man? No, he's a very small man. Well, he's big in some ways. Whoa, well, okay. I don't. Uh, I'm just going to act like I didn't hear that, all right? Anyways. Um, <laughs> all right. Who's an old school? What? Was that him? No, that wasn't Chris Middleton. I put the wrong name there. Oh, okay. My bad, gotcha. my bad. It's not Chris Middleton. So <laughs> I was right? Thank God. <laughs> Thank my God. Bad. Okay. I messed up there. Keep going. I want to <laughs> say, could this be... Could this be... I don't, I don't know. Mark say. Jackson? I have no idea who this is. Y'all are cooked. This is Kyle Lowry. Oh, what a glow up. I put the wrong picture, my bad, but this is Kyle Lowry. <laughs> what a glow up. Yeah, this is, I got you with the potato quality picture. This one's hard Yo, to get. Yo, if I was Kyle Lowry, I'll find your address and fight you because this looks like it was from the MLK era, bro. Like, this is outrageous. <laughs> Not Kyle Lowry's a civil you. rights man. <laughs> this looks like it, bro. He was marching. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to think? That's crazy. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. All right, next one. Who is this kid? This is a cool kid, man. This kid looks familiar. He looks familiar as hell. Was he a Miami Heat before? Am I allowed to give you hints? Yes. Do Dude, it, man. Answer, answer that question. All right, yes. He's been on Miami Heat at one point. I got this. This is Alonzo Mourning. Incorrect. Damn. This man thinks he knows everything. He was. Oh, who could this be then? Bozo alert. What? Oh, the fact okay. that you guessed the team right and still got it wrong is hilarious. Like, I know. What are hey, the odds I'm you picking, got though. a decently right and wrong is guess? Is this Jimmy Butler? No. This is not no. Jimmy Butler. Is this Bam Adebayo? This is Bam Adebayo. What? Oh, my God. It's Bam Adebayo. Shout out to BJ, man. That looks exactly like him. I was about to say <laughs> BJ Hooker, man. <laughs> but no, it's not him. I never <laughs> noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Not a comparison I'm allowed to make, but you said it first. <laughs> Next up, we got, who is this kid? Let's see. They got a bull's hat. I don't know if that tells me anything. You tell me. Brother, I don't know these children. <laughs> I have no idea who these kids are. So yeah. If you're going to not know something, I guess not knowing children is a good thing to not know. <laughs> what are you trying to say about me? <laughs> <laughs> Keep guessing. Damn. Yeah, now I'm, I'm honestly stumped. He looks like a guard, though. Why? He was like two. Everybody looks at size when they're two. Can I just throw out some hints, man? You can just, like, feed into me a little yeah, bit? Yeah, we, we need some he, hints. Was he a guard or, like, a forward? Yes, he was a guard. Okay. Yeah. This one's a hard one. This is like a regular kid. Yeah, this is hard. Loki's is this Rondo? Nah. Good guess, but it's not Rondo. Not Rondo. Not Rondo. I don't know why I said it's a good guess. It's just not Rondo. <laughs> it's just a guess. Ah, oh, this is not Rondo. Right. Could this be? I don't know. You could be nasty, and I could say, like, Tony Roden. Like, who is this? <laughs> this is Kemba Walker. This is Kemba? That's Kemba. Yeah, it doesn't look like him in the slightest. That's crazy. I mean, I kind of see it now, but wow. <laughs> I don't wow. really see it, but that's Kemba, all right? Uh, all right, some, next one. Need some deep cuts. 
who is this kid? Snap boy look like me. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Low key, it does. Yeah, for real. This, this <laughs> That's kind of scary. Kid, this, this a big kid, though. <laughs> oh, man. This, this, this one, look into the eyes. You can see this one. This one is accurate. Could this be like Jameer Nelson? That is the worst guess I've ever heard you make. <laughs> Look, man, I'm going it's through back Bobby. like light skinnish babies or brown skinnish. Is this Bobby Portis? Nah. That's the Bobby. second worst guess I've ever heard. No, what not the Bobby. Fuck? The eyes not are kind of crazy. I don't know how to. <laughs> Those are some soft eyes. Yeah. They're what? just big. Like, <laughs> where did you find these pictures at, man? I've never seen I'm this. I'm not going This one is not hard. Y'all give up? Yes, I give up. Yeah, this I is give Donovan up. Mitchell. Oh. I would have never. Look at that grin. You don't see it. No. Yeah, I see you with the nose for sure. I see it. I see it. I think it's because, like, he got that discoloration on the pictures. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's distorted as hell. I need digital pictures. <laughs> now, listen, we're back in the physical media days. Damn. That was a great one. All right, next player. Good job. Who is this kid? <laughs> oh. Why does it look like a mugshot? If this is not Kareem, I'm going to be upset. Get ready to be upset. I'm lying. This is Kareem. There we I'm go. Like, I knew it. I knew it. I, I knew one. it. Finally. I need one. Kareem. You got it. Good shit. Yep. Good I cropped shit. it. It's a picture of him on like a high school basketball team. Or I think yeah. it might be middle school because all the kids are just like five two white kids. And then you see Kareem, he like six three eighth grade. <laughs> it's hilarious. That is hilarious, bro. All right, next player. Who is this kid? Could this be Kyle Guy? I don't know, bro. Kyle Kyle <laughs> Guy. What a pool. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Jimmer Fredette? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> this is Jason Williams? <laughs> That's a good guess, but it's not Jason Williams. Could this, could this be, I don't know, Kevin Herter? Could nah. be. It's not. Damn, who is right. this kid? We, we, have to, we have to go down the Rolodex of white people we know. All right. It's limited, so it should be easy. Gordon Hayward. Incorrect. Damn. Give me another name. I don't know the white Sam people like that. Incorrect. Damn. You, you, know, you know the white people a lot more than Walker Kessler. No. Damn. Are they current? They are. Kelly Olenek. It's just like the most famous white man in the NBA, and I'm ashamed you get so many names. It's Luka Doncic. Oh. Damn. You went to Sam Merrill before he went to Luka Doncic? Yeah, we just talked about him. Kyle Guy? Fresh on the top of the head. Damn. That's tough. I, th I thought this would be a layup. Yeah, I, that should have been like, a, I've been on a like cold Luka. streak. I ain't gonna lie. Maybe I'm not here. Yeah, you fell off. I'm getting kind of <laughs> nervous. <laughs> the lights. Turn off the lights. Turn off the lights. Turn off the lights. <laughs> <laughs> You're too right. I got one more. Who Please. is this last baby? I gotta get this one. Oh, I guess this is the last one. Oh, no, there it is. Who is this baby? <sighs> this is tough. I'm set up for this. This is an old school baby for sure, though. This player doesn't play anymore, right? He does play. He does play. Damn. I need, I need help. I need help. Does, does anybody have a have an idea? Maybe want to throw a name out there in the crowd? Yeah. Just not Kyle Oh, Kuzma. my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> not Jalen Brunson either. Brogdon. Not Brogdon That's either. a great guess. That is a good guess. That is a very good guess, actually. Oh, damn, fuck knows I did. Oh, <laughs> nah. Could it be Grant Williams? That's a better guess. You're getting hot. Keep keep along that visual of players that look kind of like Grant Williams. Players who look like never, never, never. I was about to say. Oh. My bad. <laughs> nah, you're, you're hints trick people. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I don't want to. I don't want to put you on the wrong path. Zach Definitely not Zach Levine. Okay. Damn, I'm cooked. This is Giannis Antetokounmpo. What does Grant Williams have to do with Giannis? That's why I said everyone. I misspoke. Good God, I'm like, my man. bad. They're going, going against us. This is why. Oh, that's tough. I quickly corrected myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would have never guessed that. I, sh I should have, but it's just too hard with this. Yeah. Listen. All right. Some of them were easy. Some of them were not. <sighs> we, live, we live to guess another day. I'm awful at this game. I think we yeah, did. Okay, I, the, the last, like, what, like two or three times we've done this. I don't I don't think I've gotten more than two. Yeah. You've been looking like Ben Simmons in a three-point shootout out here. It's Damn. awful. Well, 
That's why I'm here, bro. Shit. Anyway, that's Thank the end of that segment. Thank you. TE3 staple. We do it every now and then. Next thing we do is also TE3 staple. We're going to grade some NBA jerseys. Let's go. But this time we got a Let's twist go. on it. Like I said, we're here for All-Star Weekend. Y'all are here. Probably going to see some All-Star festivities. We are going to grade some NBA All-Star jerseys over the years. Because I'm not going to lie. I know you were particularly opinionated on them. But <laughs> some of them, as of late especially, have been fucking awful. Oh, wait. Let's talk awful? about it. Yeah, let's awesome. talk about it. Let's talk wow. about it. So again, I'm going to show you from over the years, some throwbacks, some recent ones, a nice little mixture of mid to good. And well, I said mid to good, some ass to good. <laughs> a nice variety of quality. Real simple. Let's grade these NBA All-Star jerseys. First off, this year's Navy Blue ones. This is hard. This is hard. This is I'm a rare, rare this like W. A, this is I'm good. putting this at like an A. I don't know if it's S. If With it's no S, S that's only... Oh, you're right. We're grading. Yeah, okay. Yeah. This is a, this is a. I'm going this easy a. a. Anytime you a. replace white with cream in a jersey with some dark, some like warm colors, it's hard. I would wear this. Yeah, and the red ones as well. Hard. Yeah, the maroon ones. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Rare W from Nike who frequently misses with All Star jerseys. Hold on, you look like you disagree. Not A. It's not. Ah, it's, not it's not an A. Hated your bone. It's not an A. It's a B plus. I like the pinstripes. I like the color. Something about it just feels. And I think a lot of these All Star jerseys kind of feel plain, but this one feels a little bit more plain. So I'm gonna give it a B plus though. Right, it's enough. close. It's close. Listen, when you add the Donovan hater tax, a B plus is basically an A plus. So that's fine. Yeah, I guess so. Exactly. Yeah. Tax rate like California. tough critic. Goddamn, are <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, we here? <laughs> Samantha thinks it's California. <laughs> All right, next up, the 1996 ones from the Spurs. This is nice. It's they're, a lot going cool. on. They're they're cool. I think if you went if you went to a frat party, these would be an A plus. Oh, this would be a pull. These go party. platinum at frat parties. Yeah, but like on the regular, probably probably. Like a B plus is probably good. I feel like y'all are insane. I feel like this is an A plus. I think this is one, the greatest one of all time. I thought. I don't know about greatest one of all time. Of all time, I think it's. I feel like it's easily number one. This is hard as fuck. The colors, like this whole retro style, age perfectly to today's styles. Like I love this. It's just bright. You like it, correct? There's just a, a lot, of, a little bit too much going on for me. There's like a heart, and in that heart, there's like, is that a heart? This is too much. This is too much. You can't even me. tell the visual clutter. Yeah, exactly. So I want to give this a B. It's not bad because yeah. I've, I've seen so yeah, much worse. Yeah. Is it but a Six Flags jersey? Yes. Is it hard nonetheless? Also, yes. You know what it sounds like? What? This dude had one of these jerseys growing up. You cannot fool me. I know you to the bone. You have these probably hanging up somewhere in your wall. I grew up in Texas. I wasn't, I wasn't far. I was adjacent. <laughs> Gross, bro. I was, was I born in 1996? No. Still there in spirit. <laughs> he got one. <laughs> I wish. All right, next one. The ones from a couple years ago when they were in Utah. Ass. You know the rules. You know Capital the rules. Capital A-S-S. You know the rules. Jeez. You know the rules. Grading equals an F. These suck. These are these are awful. These I are. Think, the, I think like when we saw these, this is what people. This is what made people say we need to go back to just letting them wear their regular jerseys in the All Star game. <laughs> Which, to be fair, is a horrible alternative. But this is so bad, people were like, "Give me twelve different jerseys. I don't care." This is a, in the upper pantheon of worst jerseys of all time. I'm gonna go F. You can't even read the All Star because it's white and yeah. it like blends into the yellow. It's too much. I mean, I get it. Like. Shout out to Utah. This is one of their alternate jerseys, but at the same time, it's no, like, no shout out to you, to damn. Utah. No, under shout no out. circumstances do we need to shout out Utah. The Mormons are coming for you, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> F. All right, next one. <laughs> the what year is this? I don't know. Throwback Michael Jordan and Kobe in the same All Star team. I think I think it's, I think it's 03. 2003. The picture's cool. The jersey itself. Kind of, kind of basic. Yeah, this is a solid B. Let's go C plus. It's just like 
quintessential NBA jersey, right? Yeah. It's just regular. I'll go B. I'll go B. I think B is a fair way to go. Um, they didn't do anything too crazy. Very simple, standard. You can't go wrong with it. It's not like, oh, my God, hideous. But at the same time, it's not like, oh, my God, one of the best jerseys of all time. It's passable. It's standard. Yeah. All right, real simple. Yeah. Nice C, B range. Two, it's a it's a 2K generated all-star jersey. Very true. Yeah. It's just, yeah, like like you're buying a just like unbranded non-team jersey, just NBA. Yeah. Like I'm putting on for the league. Yeah. Adam Silver's team. Exactly. If I, like this picture right here, you you could finesse me into talking about an A, but if I see like someone like Jermaine O'Neal oh, wearing this, oh, yeah. you know, I'm going to be like, oh, this picture is a <laughs> The C. aura of this picture is an A, <laughs> yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Nevertheless, regular jersey. Yeah. All right, next up, we have, what year is this next one? Um... Oh, picture's not changing. We got a little freezing situation going Technical on. Technical difficulties. Okay, next up, we have the indie-based ones from a couple years ago. Again, ass. Woo! Trash. I, I don't think these are that bad. On, on TV, these look awesome. I'm not going to lie. I hated these whenever they came out. These are cool. On person, it looks these, so these much are, better. These are cool. These are fire. You're, you're hating. You look disgusted. Uh, you're you guys saying, hating. just kidding? Haha, I'm waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking serious. And the blue no, ones, too? These are hard. I'm going to go B. These are Paw Patrol type jerseys. This oh is the type God. of jersey. This looks like a, it's supposed to be a fucking onesie. This is gross. <laughs> this was like one of my my little brother wore this when he was like four years old. Are you a kidding onesie? me? Where is that random red stripe going, bro? Like we get in Indiana, I guess NASCAR is a big. So thing you don't here, respect but the at Indy the same 500? time. Indy five hundred is dope, but this is wrong. Clearly not to you. I don't want to see Steph Curry wearing these. I Giannis love don't seeing need Steph to be Curry wearing these. these. He looked awesome. So Steph Curry was breaking records in this jersey. Have, have some respect. We're talking Honestly, about go jersey. to hell. This is an A. You're, you guys are you're <laughs> saying A. I'm, I'm saying going A. a. Oh, I'm going A. I just added, I got to balance out your hate. I'm going A. I'm going A. Wow. I don't want to put this at an F. Oh, you're ridiculous. Jesus Christ. That's dumb. No, That's dumb. This is absolutely Oh, disgusting. we got to move on. That's you're dumb. out of your mind. <sighs> this is gross. You're done, Next buddy. one. You're Next crazy. One. I'm, I'm done with you Put guys. the mic down. You're disqualified. You got to sit one out. All right. Next up, the Toronto jerseys. Standard. But clean. Was this the Kobe's last All-Star game? Yeah. Fuck if I know. It was. I might have to give this an A, too. Off of that. <laughs> I might have to give this an A. It's, these are not bad at all. These are not bad, but they're not, like, elite. Um, I. It's kind of odd to see Curry with, like, hella red jersey and, like, seeing that the, weird gap in between it. It's, it's weird, but... The jersey itself is cool. The uniform... The shorts suck, right? The shorts yeah, suck. Yeah, the shorts ass. suck. Right, but the jersey itself is, is fire. So if we're just rating those, I'm giving it an A. I'll give it a B. The shorts way down a little bit, but the jersey's cool. It's minimalism in a good way. Yeah, we're reading jerseys, so let's be consistent. This should be an A. But be real, if Nike made this this year, you'd be like, F, they're so boring. Bring back design. No. Are you kidding me? No. Nah, nah. We, have some, we have some minimalism haters up here. Nah, I like minimalism. It's they, hard. They've gone too far. <laughs> Embrace tradition. <laughs> Reject modernity. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll give it a good B. Next up, we got, which one is this next? Was oh, that the last one? Oh, no, okay. We have the sleeve jerseys from New Orleans. I don't. These suck. These suck. Sleeve jerseys are honestly. Are do terrible. you know how to say any words? F. Cool. Yeah. F. Shit. I guess I woke up on the wrong side of bed because this is kind of hard to me, man. Oh, oh my god. god. We god. saw Kyrie Irving Boo and LeBron man. hoop together for Ugh. the first time Boo. in these jerseys, bro. Boo. Listen. Throw, throw more crayons. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all don't see the vision with these jerseys. No, I, saw... I see. I see the vision, but that goes out the window whenever you put sleeves on them. That's why I have to lean your way. I was just giving you a little bit of pushback because the color scheme is not that bad. If it was just regular jerseys, then this would like obviously be a B. You ever played Blitz the League 2, the football game? 
They have yeah. they have made up teams. That's a, that's a very deep cut. I've never played. Yeah, that they game. have made up that's teams crazy. that are like the San Francisco Dragons. That's the type of shit they'd be wearing. Damn, these combinations are absurd. These are nerf or nothing jerseys. I'm I guess I need to tap in with that game because I enjoyed this shit. I've seen my right, team look better than this. Wh- whatever, you're wrong. This is, these suck. It's an F. Anything with an F is automatic. Anything with sleeves is automatic F. I would give this a D. But Even the design, that big ass W, like it just doesn't look good. It's weird. We it need to burn weird. this era of NBA history. Destroy the tapes. Remove it from the history books. It never existed. No, I wish it didn't. <laughs> I feel so much vitriol every time I see a sleeve jersey. Damn. I just have true hate in my heart. I feel the way he feels when he sees the Clippers. So you just see it and it just ruins your day immediately? Like, oh, fuck. Probably by a week. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I guess so. Next up, we have uh, the ones from two years ago. I, these are bad. What? The, these are, these these are, are the bad. worst ones in NBA history. The, these, are, these are bad. Oh, my God. Who am I sitting with right now? Why are these good? Why do you think they're good? They're creative. They fill the space very well. It's not, like, cluttered at all. Everything's it's placed nicely. It's cluttered. This is the antithesis of creativity. Just a fat ass logo in the middle. With some polka dots. placement nobody's ever done and nobody ever will do again. With some polka dots on the side? Oh, yeah, you're right about the polka dots. They're kind of nasty. I'm not letting All-Star? that sway me, though. You should. They're bad. It's not swaying. It's a good reason. Nah, it's hard. I think it's hard. All right, all right whatever. The only thing that kind of rubs the wrong way is that big ass Jerry, Jerry West logo. That's like, all right. You get your like, vision check. You got CTE vision. This is crazy. <laughs> I think there's an F. I think this is a solid, like, C. It's not trash. All right, next up. We had the Phoenix ones that are purple. Oh, now we're cooking over here. This uh, you you are purple here. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is hard. Look at the cat. <laughs> these are hard, though. These are crazy. hard. No, this is hard. Yeah, this is hard. easy. Eh? <laughs> I think these these might be the best ones in NBA history. Probably. You're probably right. Yeah, these are probably better than the Spurs ones. Yeah. The cactus. I just love this pop art style. It just aged so well. I agree. Yeah, like seeing that cactus in the middle along with like All-Star, it just, it just feels so right and so smooth. And I feel like I've seen this jersey just a little bit before. Looks like a Toronto Raptors jersey from the past. All mm. that stuff. It's fire. We should bring back having the city inspiration on the jerseys. I agree. That's what they try to do with the Indiana one. And the Utah Jazz. And I fuck with it. Do, do you want to put a race car on the on the jersey? <laughs> Loki, the stripes on the side would be kind of clean. All right. You, are, are we cooking? I think, no. Are we, we should, doing something? Should Nike hire us? I think so. Are we perfect? <laughs> God, you guys are terrible. <laughs> all right, next up. We have this one with the diagonal text. I have no words for this. I'm gonna give it a C because Loki. It feels like it feels like this could be made into an actual jersey. I feel like a team would actually try this design. Yeah, they did. This is a Clippers jersey. <laughs> That's right. But I told you they were the Clippers. Loki had some You're heat back in the day. The only thing that can defeat your Clippers hate is your 2000s love for nostalgia. No, this isn't bad. This, this is awful. Bad. Anything that resembles Clippers branding is terrible. automatic F. I hate this. I look at this and I just see uh, Elton da- uh, Elton Brand <laughs> immediately. I almost said Elton Davis. I'm yeah. the names together. <laughs> yeah, I look at this. I see Chris Kamen. I don't know. If I see this Underrated, jersey, by the way. put it on my body. <laughs> Not my all-star game. I might have to start breakdancing. That's what this gives <laughs> those, those are the vibes that it Facts. gives me. Yeah, it's it's cool, but I think this is like a solid C. Yeah, I can, I can see somebody putting this jersey on backwards and yeah. just hitting a mean spin on their head. Absolutely, <laughs> bro. Just <laughs> breaking it down for Looking sure. like Chris Brown and Stomp the Yard. <laughs> All right, All F tier. Right. For next sure. up, we have what's the next one we got? One of I think I have a few more in here, or is this the last one? It might be the Could last. Could this one. be the last? It appears it's the last one. Dude, we went through a bunch of those. I didn't even realize. Maybe if Kobe was in those, then I would have been like, ah, that likes a B. But I guess just a player selection. You're looking at a picture of Ray Allen. <laughs> yeah, or sways, or sways me. Not gonna lie. <laughs> All right, man. Next thing we're gonna do 
Donovan, I think we have some Jason Tatum discourse to talk about. Let's do it. We're, yeah. Listen, we're going to talk about, right, we're, we're talking about stars getting traded. We're going to talk about packages that you guys would take or not take for Jason Tatum. So a nice game we like to call deal or no deal. Yeah. Trying. Yeah, I know. I'm trying. I'm trying not, not to mess up the hook in person. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, we we've listened. We've been called Celtics haters recently because apparently we never give Jason Tatum his due. So today we're gonna talk about some trade packages around the guy and see how yeah. we gauge his value. Yeah. All right. Let's play deal no deal. Jason Tatum edition. Okay. All right. Would you guys trade Jason Tatum for Jimmy Butler and Jaime Jaquez? No. Give me Jason. Hell Tatum. no. Keeping Jason Tatum. Jimmy Butler is old. He's great right now. Not sure how many more years that's gonna be a thing. I don't think Jaime has like a star ceiling. I'm picking Jason Tatum without any hesitation. Yeah, no. Picking Jaime Hawkins and Jimmy Butler over Jason Tatum is just straight up disgusting hate. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't do it even on my worst night, bro. I'm taking I'm But Jimmy Tatum. Butler has terrorized the Celtics. So why not get him on their team so they won't be terrorized anymore? Because you listen, eliminate the problem. 35 years old is looming. Tough. It's around the corner. I don't, I don't know how many more years Jimmy Bucket's got when he's going to just will his way to the finals every year. Tough, yeah. And Jason Tatum got a cool, like, 10 years to, of pure greatness ahead of, ahead of him, bro. All right. I'm leaning Tatum. Give me the power of youth. All right. And Jaime Hawkins is damn near the same age as James Tatum. <laughs> oh, that is true. <laughs> damn, true. that is true. I forgot about that. <laughs> up there. All right. Would you trade Jason Tatum for Paolo Bancaro and a first-round pick? Ooh. Ooh. Paolo Bancaro's ceiling is one day he can be, like, a top-10 player. Jason, Jason Tatum, Tatum is that. Is that. He's exactly. that with some room to spare. Like He's pushing top five rather than top ten. I don't know why we would go for a player that is just like a person we hope can be a Jason Tatum one day. Now, hold on, co-GM. What if we got offered like two or three more picks? What if I was able to swindle him to that? Do we want to agree? Man, fuck like, them nah, picks. Nah. I, I, give me Jason it's Tatum. It's Orlando Magic. They're going to be good regardless. Yeah, you're yeah, blocked. I don't money. care about those picks. Yeah, okay. we don't If they get Jason Tatum, they're going to be good. Those picks are going to suck. Yeah. I'm keeping Jason for sure. All right. Tell, tell me if this package moves you. De'Aaron Fox, Keegan Murray, and a first-round pick. Whew, you give me mm. a lot. You give me a lot. Do you think Keegan Murray's going to be a star? Hell no. Nah. He'll be a star in his role, but okay. not a star in general. But he's a very he's a very valuable player. Do you think De'Aaron like Fox him. is a top 10 player? No. We're keeping Jason Tatum for the third time in a row. Okay. We're rolling with the Celtics today. Inexplicably, I'm keeping Jason Tatum. No deal. Yeah, but the first-round pick is kind of interesting and... You fix the redundancy issues that the Celtics have had over the last few years. But with that being said. By making Jalen Brown the guy? No, De'Aaron Fox would be the guy. But with De'Aaron Fox being a guy, does that really take you far? Could that take you as far as Jason Tatum could take you? I don't necessarily think so because it's different levels to this shit. And I don't think De'Aaron Fox has that level. So I think you've been I'm dying to hate on Jason Tatum and you're not throwing me the lob. Listen. I didn't, I didn't think you respected him this much, to be honest. I, I honestly thought you were going to give him up for one of these. But Jason Tatum for Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Straight up? Straight now up. We are I'm cooking. taking this in a heartbeat. Straight up. You're taking heartbeat. Shea? Heartbeat. Whew. Not even close. I Not even close. close. Crazy, it's but. close. It's definitely close. Uh, I don't know. Explain why you go Shea. I'm going Shea because I've seen leaps in his game that I haven't seen just yet with Jason Tatum, and that could be a little bit of not Tatum's fault, but he maybe he's in those one of, he's in one of those too good, too fast situations. But I'm more confident in Shea. I've seen his game develop and evolve. It's a little bit younger, really not that much, but he dresses better, bro. He gave me brand deals. <laughs> or, go ahead, or, or go. there it is. Listen, so I'm taking, I'm taking I was going to say that. Jason Tatum made the conference finals at 19. He made the finals at 25. But he made the conference finals again at 26. Did Tatum have a skims deal? Fair enough. Listen, Hell no. You can't fight facts with facts. 
Give me Shea Gildas Alexander. We did it. All right. Jason Tatum is traded. We are accepting that deal. wins. One, <laughs> one, last, one last trade package. Jason Tatum for Kevin Durant and one first-round pick. Why would I want a player worse than Tatum? I don't know. You want to give me old Tatum? Ah, that's why you get the first round pick. The, the old Tatum that can't get to the rim. Now we can't. That hasn't had like, a successful playoff run since he left. We can't the act side? like there's like a huge gap between them, those two guys. There's They're not, but one's ten years younger. The, yeah, there's not, and it depends. If on I made like, two first round picks. Is that how movie? soon? How many first round picks would it take to attach to Kevin Durant before you trade Jason Tatum for him? All of them. What? All of them. Kevin wow. Durant is thirty-five. Jason Tatum is twenty-eight. Three first round. Three first round picks in Kevin Durant. Uh, I'm just like very much like not giving four a shit. first round picks in Kevin Durant. <laughs> you go now. Those Celtics picks don't mean you need anything five to first me. round picks in Kevin Durant. <laughs> nah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. I guess that's fine. <laughs> Are you going to win a title with Kevin Durant and Jalen Brown as your star duo rather than Tatum and Brown? Hey, that make, that what movie? about Derek White? He was almost an all star. Are you better if you get <laughs> Kevin Durant a little bit, but like how much better? I'd rather keep Tatum on my team at that point in time because he doesn't. KD doesn't like solve any issues that Jason Tatum currently has. Yeah, it's a marginal upgrade. He's better. I was joking. Kevin Ryan's a little bit better still, but not enough to offset the huge age difference. All right. Last last one, last one. Tatum for Anthony Edwards in the first round pick. Oh, I don't think I've seen the leap that... I haven't seen the Anthony Edwards leap just yet that a lot of people like thought was going to happen this year. So I might decline that because I know Tatum, he's going to be a top 10 player in this league for like the next 10 years. And Anthony Edwards is not that just yet. Top 20 for sure. But top 10 is a whole another conversation. Could it happen? For sure. But I could get swayed into it. If you gave I me can't like believe you got me defending Tatum this much. You're, everybody wants to crown these young guards because we hope they can make a leap to be Tatum. Tatum's already Tatum. Like He's already the, the benchmark for a good young scorer. I don't know why I'd get rid of him for a guy that's not like a Luka Doncic. Damn, bro. That's all I got for you. You're basically all re- bleeding green right now. That's what it's telling me. Fucking yuck. Take, your, take those words back. You're Mr. Boston over here. I oh love my to God. see it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You can't wipe this. Listen, I gave people what they wanted. They wanted Tatum Love. They got it. Okay. But I'm not by my own volition. That was good. I like those streets, though. Tatum <laughs> we got is one solid. more video before we get out of here, before we finish it. One more segment. Well, we did a lot of videos in the past where we name NBA teams greatest players of all time. We've done their most talented players versus the greatest. We've done their best jerseys of all time, stuff like that. We're going to mix it up. We're going to talk about every NBA team's greatest scores of all time. Okay. Just that scores. Tough. So I got like eight teams here. We got to talk about who's their greatest score in franchise history. Okay. And some of these will be obvious, I think. Some will not be. There's going to be some strong debates. So real simple. Who is this NBA team's greatest scorer of all time? First off, the Lakers. Okay. This is Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And I it's, think not, it's, it's not a question. Is Shaq's not a question? I, and I, I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> when we, when we, we come go. to this conversation, I don't. Listen, if you don't have the bag that Kobe Bryant has, oh my don't talk to me about being the greatest scorer of all time. It's Kobe Bryant, and we shouldn't have a conversation. See, that's where you lose me in that conversation. I don't give a fuck about the bag. I think about, like, the bag obviously helps. It's nicer to look at. But think about, like, the longevity, how long he did it, how consistent he was able to do playing at a high level for 16, 17 years. So Kobe scoring 36 in a season doesn't matter to you? No, of course it matters. He's I'm leaning Kobe. Kobe. <laughs> I'm leaning Kobe, but... Yeah, All right, so, so, so on the same side. You don't have yeah, to say we're anything. on the same side, for sure. I guess I'll get stoned to death if I go Shaq. So we're going Kobe. Yeah, easy. Thank you. You don't get stoned by me. I'll throw like a couple pebbles. Pebbles? <laughs> pebbles right, you throw crayons at me? Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> All right, next up, the San Antonio Spurs. <sighs> this Man. is tough. We got a David Robinson. We got George Gervin. Throw it back. 30-point per game score. We got that one-year prime Kawhi. 
One year prime Kawhi. Before he said, fuck this team? Tim Duncan should be in that conversation no, for sure. He shouldn't. No, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. Really? Yeah. As great scored? No. Over George wow. Gurdon? No. Well, no. he should be mentioned. And he was just mentioned. He really well, should. There you go. <laughs> he was mentioned to say, fuck no. <laughs> I think I might go George Gurdon. No David Robinson love? Nah. Like, Why? Why would you lean George Gurdon? You tell me David Robinson's fake 70 points to win a scoring title doesn't move you? Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's the exact reason why I'm going with George Gervin. Yeah. That's fair. George Gervin's one of the best scorers of all time. Walking 30-point game. One of the more underrated players of all time that people don't think about. I'm cool with that. I'm fine with that, too. Let's lean with the Iceman. Okay. The Golden State Warriors. This is Steph Curry. Not oh. Kevin Durant. No Steph Will Chamberlain? Not Steph. the 100-point game? He was a warrior. You, first, first of all, you know Ooh. how I feel about Will. <laughs> two. <laughs> two Steph Curry was better, is better, and has always been better, and he's the better scorer than Kevin Durant. Ooh, damn. I take. A lot of people are not going to like that, man. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, it's probably Will Chamberlain, to be real, but I no. won't be the one to take down Steph Curry if you want to give it to him. Yeah, no, I'm not leaning Wilt at all. That was a joke. I'm definitely leaning Steph Curry. The gravity is insane. Quite literally changed the game of basketball. There's only been like a handful of those guys, four or five of those guys, four or five of those guys and Curry is one of those guys. So Yeah, definitely a more impactful scorer than KD if you're talking about you know, team construction and mm-hmm. how your scoring helps other people. We go, Curry. Steph was averaging thirty and not playing the fourth quarter. Like it's a, it's a different. What level. a ridiculous fucking season! <laughs> he influenced and he it's changed crazy. the way every single team plays basketball. Kevin Durant did not do that. All he's done is put ideas into delusional GM's head. I see Bruno Caboclo. You can turn into my next KD. <laughs> Never happens with Steph. Uh, he got Kevin Knox drafted. Tough. All right, next up, <laughs> the Dallas Mavericks. Keep in mind, just score, not player. We're going. I'd you, be you, willing to jump that. You know where, where we have to go. I want to go Luca. Exactly. Yeah. I assume we, we have to but, go Luca. And he hasn't. No JJ Barea? My bad. My bad. Have some fucking manners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to respect my elders next time. But it's Luca's time. He just scored 73 points in a game. Like, I, what he is able to do at all three levels and the efficiency, it. It's amazing, right? And even as good as as Dirk was, the level of scoring that Luka can get to on any given night is the ceiling is much higher with him than it was with Dirk. How he finishes at the rim, how efficient he's been as a three-point shooter with the depth in those threes and also the versatility in how he's getting those threes off, it's next level to me. He shoots 38% from three on 10 threes a game and shoots the same percentage at the rim as prime LeBron James. He's so clearly the best scorer of his generation. And listen, shout out Dirk. You got them in the ring. You're the best player in franchise history. You can't score with Luka Doncic. You can't. You or can't. JJ Barea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Luka. It's Luka for sure. Next up, the Houston Rockets. Ooh. We have to give this to James Harden. It's no T-Mac love? I don't know. Hakeem? Your brother? No. Listen, Your Hakeem. brother? <laughs> you love that man. <laughs> I do I do love Hakeem. He's not, he's not the scorer that James Harden was. Like you just, Not many guys are. You have to. James Harden was scoring 37, 38 points a night. And we are like, eh, it's whatever. Like, ho-hum. Yeah, just, just ho-hum. Now, I didn't like the way he got those 37, but he got them. That's yeah. right. Unethical buckets are buckets nonetheless. It's got to be James Harden. Exactly. Yeah. One of those guys who, again, helped change and influence the way the basketball is being played. Not to the degree of Steph, obviously, but in terms of the heliocentric style basketball and just one guy there, give me buckets. And when you foul, hit, like, exaggerate, act a little, act, uh, act a lot. I was going to say, does uh, playoff Harden make you reconsider that? But no. not like playoff T-Mac is some legend. So yeah. we'll give it to Harden. <laughs> exactly. The New York Knicks. Okay, so this is either Carmelo or it's Bernard King. Listen, 
every time we talk about the Knicks, you want to throw Carmelo's name in there so bad. And we're like, no, it's Ewing. No, it's Paul Frazier. <laughs> this is the conversation where you can give Carmelo love. I'm fine with that. We can go with Carmelo Matthew for the I'm, best score. I'm, I'm sorry you said that. It's it's Carmelo. I was, I was trying to be respectful to Bernard. You're it's, trying to soft it's Carmelo. It. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Carmelo. Okay. I'm down with that. I can't even argue with you. You might Fair just enough. slap me on the stage, Carmelo, bro. We didn't pick him in the podcaster's draft. He's a podcast now. Oh, I did wow. He slept on Melo. Oh, wow. Damn. Damn, bro. That's crazy. I picked Paul Fuck. Pierce over Carmelo Anthony. You were not thinking like me, man. <laughs> Tough. The Toronto Raptors. Do we go this sounds... sample size of DeMar DeRozan or Vince Carter? Or the one year of Kawhi Leonard where he was unstoppable. So you can't you can't do that for a team's goat. You can't do one year. Yeah, one year is kind of disrespectful. Who's gonna stop me? I will physically. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going Vince Carter. Is it over Demar? Uh, yeah, you, I yeah. Can't, I don't think you can do that. Why over Demar? Yeah, Vince Carter doesn't have the longevity there. He's he was there for like what four, four years, DeMar, four or DeMar, five years. Demar had one year where he was like legitimately a great, great score. Where he's averaging like twenty seven. Vince had multiple years like that, and so if we're going like obviously he didn't play as long yeah. there, but he is the better score. Demar was getting carried by Kyle Lowry, who's always a better player. Give me Vince Carter. <sighs> wow, oh, that's crazy. It's not Kyle Lowry is always better. Wow. So you're going you're this going revisionist Vince Carter? Vince Carter. That's always been true. That was always a debate. That was always a thing that nah. people who knew ball I said. I think you could sway <laughs> me ball. into that if Vince was able to stay on the Raptors for the entirety or like nine seasons of his of his career. Then I could see that happening. But I personally would lean Demar just to give him that respect. Okay. Last one. Think about this one carefully because this is a star-studded debate. The Brooklyn Nets. Star-studded. Who is Julius Irving, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Vince Carter? Fucking Brooke Lopez may be at the top of that <laughs> list when it comes to like total points. I think he's a really Brooke is like he is, good, he is. but god damn. Are you going Brooke Lopez? No, we're not. <laughs> we, we should go Kevin Durant. Over Julius Irving? I think so. That is disgusting, I think, I think bro. So. Why, Kevin Durant bro, has some good years there. Do you know who's number two all time? Uh, let me think. Is it Drazen? Darren Williams? Buck Williams. <laughs> Who? He never averaged twenty over 20 points That's ever. terrible. That's Durant terrible. Okay, poverty franchise, but those few years of Kevin Durant, they weren't successful. But man, was he scoring that basketball? We gotta go, Kevin Durant. Yeah, this is one of those situations where it's like longevity don't matter, brother. Give me KD. Yeah, like a year Give and a half. There where he, was, he had like fucking 120 games where he was healthy over three yeah. years, 30 points a night, yeah. and that's all you need for the Nets. Yeah, <laughs> in a scoring conversation. Yeah, Nets go. Yeah, man. I'm. I might throw in Lonnie Walker in that conversation too. Who'd you just say? Lonnie Walker. Oh my God. <laughs> Listen, Cam Thomas has scored 30 several times this season. God, that's tough. Does not move me. Oh my God. <laughs> Does not move me. Well, y'all, that's the last segment we have. I believe that's the end of the show. Bet. So people uh, are still watching on YouTube. What should they comment? You got that. Ooh. Some of the crowd yell out what people should comment if they're still here. Yell anything. Silence. Silence. Nice. Yell out. <laughs> comment silence if you're still here. <laughs> that is hilarious, bro. Yeah, man. That's the end of the episode. We're what here. All Star Weekend show. show wrapped up. How y'all feeling? I'm feeling, feeling good. great. Good show, my sir. Good day, sir. Good show, my sir. And to you guys, Woo! Brown Eaters, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> We're done. Here we are. <laughs>